Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Previously on the uh, Lonely Boys. Lily, you were hiding there. I needed to isolate myself a little in view of what? The kiss. Yes, how to say. Jimmy Sense. Nostalgic. <laughs> Nauseous. Okay. Woo! None. Jete. Cherry. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, I'm God, sorry, I'm but I have Rufus. <laughs> then I would perhaps not have to invite you here. I see. Uh, as for me, I'm sorry to have kissed, but I did out of devotion for that idiot playboy who realizes how much you're more attractive than his pretty young conquest. The freshness of youth passes, whatever I have to admit that you escaped completely to this rule. Ultimately, he would bite his fingers. And I thought he deserved to know what is losing you. I know how hard it is. I think it worked. Hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back to the Lonely Boys Podcast. I am one of your titular Lonely Boys. My name is Matt, and I'm here to break down Season 1, Episode of 7, Episode 7 of Gossip Girl, entitled, entitled Victor Victrola, oh, but of course... You know, I'm not afraid to take this from the top. I, <laughs> I, I am not afraid to say. If, you, you're gonna like you be, if you're going to be chirping in the background, I am not afraid to take it from the top. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I am not here by myself, of course. I am here with my lovely co-host, the Victor to my Victrola, some would say, Brendan Ruffle. Yeah. Brendan, how are you doing? Good. How you doing? I am the creepy uncle of podcasting, aka Uncle Cream. Hi, diddly ho, neighborino, to Cream Nation. Did it all. Mouthful. Also, getting, I'm gonna, it's going to get longer, don't worry. We don't have to mention it, but I will. My intro to you I don't think made any sense. I don't know what that means, Victor my Victrola, but I did notice that it was the name of the title, so I was like, let me just let me just work it into the introduction. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much just said the title, I guess, like, word for word. Yeah, so, yeah that's right. It kind of, kind of I, works. I really tried to get the intro down this time, even though I didn't. As you, as you heard, Brendan was... I, I'll blame it on Brendan. He was really, uh, he was really antagonizing. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything that, until you fucked it up. That whole thing. Yeah, I, I could tell you wanted to say something, but I, I figured... I was just waiting to pounce. Since, since the podcast is officially out in the world now, I should be doing a better job with these intros. But uh, yeah, the, since the last time we recorded, three episodes of this podcast have dropped. Isn't they, that's wild. And the reviews are uh-huh. in. And I got it. Brendan, people love us. People love it. I haven't gotten a negative uh, review most yet. Most people that say good things, I don't know, but I mean, I'm glad they don't hate me because they, they already like you. Like I'm, the, I'm the new voice to them, and they, I'm glad they don't think uh, I'm a chuck. Well, yeah. Well, maybe um, they do. Every everyone, everyone who's been telling me how great it is, keep keep telling me. Even if you don't like it, just lie to me because I do love compliments, even if they are lies. So yeah, I mean, I come telling me the podcast is great. Yeah, I mean, very exciting, very exciting time to be us. It really is. And also, we, we just hit uh, 100 downloads total in, in like 
basically a week. Give, wow. To give the numbers out to the people. I didn't know we were going to. I mean, that's probably that's probably that's probably embarrassing to some people. But <laughs> it's exciting. To <laughs> Everyone us. is laughing right now. I mean, I I have literally nothing to uh, <laughs> compare it to, so it's just a number for me. But it is three digits, so it <laughs> sounds a nice round it sounds good. Yeah, it's, if you would have came on and told me yeah. we got our third download la- download last night, I would have been like, like "Wow, well, we're three people. We're one and two, and so your girlfriend's <laughs> probably three. So this probably isn't really good at all." Yeah. Well, I mean, the way I look at it is, if everyone that listens to us was in a room we could maybe fill up like a small auditorium now this isn't a competition but are we doing better than your other podcast uh currently yes maybe at the start of things similarly so we can only go downhill from here good 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 good. hopefully we grow instead of kind of plateau no no no. i'd like to continue isolating listeners until we get down to a comfortable 17 okay all right, yeah. that's good. <laughs> and then those seventeen will come to live events, and we'll party, and that'll be it. Yeah, all right, that's awesome. This fun. whole podcast will just be an inside joke between us and our seventeen closest friends. Yeah, that's that's most podcasts. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into this. Uh, th- this is a morning record, it. so instead of a nice room temperature natty light, I have a nice cold diet Dr Pepper with me today. Oh, very nice. I had a sip of some Dr Pepper yesterday. Former recovering uh, soda okay. addict, <laughs> but uh, I had a little sip. I'm not gonna lie. I don't have a sponsor, Oh, I have a, so. uh, rem- remind me after we stop recording, but I have a pitch for you for the, for the Hoppy Boys that we can discuss off air. Oh, a pitch for the, <laughs> that's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. All right. No so one this ever knows. Wanna... <laughs> oh, wow. Is it on mic wanna... or off mic? I don't want to forget. What do you mean? O- okay. Off mic. We'll just talk like normal people. Okay. All right. I guess, uh, all right. I guess just in case it goes very poorly and I just scream at you. Exactly. Stupid idea. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want that captured <laughs> on air. <laughs> all right. All right. No problem. Anyway. So, uh, season one, episode seven, Victor Victrola. Um, this had been described to me when I first started watching as a very, uh, iconic episode. I, I think I might have mentioned this last week, or at least I mentioned it to you. Uh, that when I started watching Gossip Girl, and of course I started live tweeting my reactions, everyone was tweeting back at me like, wait till you get to episode seven. Episode seven is uh, where it really takes off. And I was like, yeah. okay, 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 sure, episode seven, whatever. And then I got to it. It was, <laughs> we'll it was the last episode I watched in the, uh, when I first started watching, the first day when I watched seven episodes back to back. And I, I guess I just wanted to make sure I got up to episode seven. Yeah. And, uh, I think it lived up to height. I'm, I'm a really big fan of this episode. Yeah. I mean, when we finished, uh, Nicole was like, do we have to stop watching because the show is really getting good now? And we didn't oh. even know about this episode seven hype. So she she's right there with the se- episode she's seven right hype. She's right there. Yeah. I mean, so not to, to tip my hat or tip my cap. Milady. Uh, your TMNT hat. Gagan's for the fans wearing a, an awesome TMNT hat right now. We got to stop talking um, about TMNT on we gotta. LBP. <laughs> but uh, this episode reminds me a lot of the like the speed and cadence of the pilot like there's just mm-hmm. so much action and so much drama happening and it, it ends on a good cliffhanger it's just like everything's coming together like there's so many things to talk about this might be a long yep we have we have you know all three storylines kind of knock it out of the park we have uh we have lots of twists and turns along the way a great a great ending you know a lot of things you don't yeah. see coming so uh yeah after surviving the on again off again nature of their new relationship serena and dan finally acknowledge they are crazy about each other Chuck contemplates investing in a burlesque club in the hopes of making his hard-to-plead father, Dart, proud of him. Meanwhile, Nate confronts his father about the drugs he found in the house, and Jenny discovers a secret Rufus and her mother, Allison, have been keeping from her. Finally, Blair is devastated by Nate's actions after she finds out what really happened at the masked ball. So yes, as we mentioned, Mm -hmm. a lot to get in here. 
the title, as I've said many times, is Victor Victrola. Do you know what that title is referencing? No, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last time, and I, I think I explained to you what a Victrola was, but I still don't know what yes, the hell you did. it's referencing. Wow, no. so you're officially taking the L on this one. You, I'm you, taking the L. I mean, I was had, on a good streak, though. Yeah, you got three in a row. Yeah, but now, and I was listening back when we was, I, was re- I was editing the first few episodes, and I was assuming I was going to go 0 for like 162 <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Exactly. This, uh, how well, now, now you are 3 for 6. You're batting 500 right. at this point. So, not too bad. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Uh, the title is referencing the 1982 film Victor Victoria, which uh, I've never heard of it. Okay. But apparently it's a British-American musical comedy, and it was nominated for seven Academy Awards. Oh. Uh, I also want to point out that I, I might have been wrong about no. what a Victrola is because they talk about Victrola as being like the actual club itself, right? Uh, I, I think so. I don't know. I, I just that word is just so foreign to me that I just I don't. Yes, I, t- I took word. what you said to heart. I thought I, uh, maybe it's, there's two meanings for it. I mean, we'll we could right. do some we could do some live on air googling right now. <laughs> we could. It's not hard. Let's see, um, Victrola. I've uh, okay, so Victor typed Victoria. it into the Google search bar. You can vamp for a little as it as it comes up. Um. Okay, thanks for vamping. Oh, yeah, that was great. Movie, and I'm uh, not gonna, I'm not gonna go back and watch that. Unless we would do it, we could do no, it on the Patreon. Well, true. Yes. After after this, we'll open up a Patreon where we just review all the title references. Yeah. Uh it looks like. So what do we uh, got here? Uh it looks like the Victrola is a brand of wind-up phonograph, a generic name for wind-up phonographs. I guess that I'm, I'm not exactly sure what a phonograph is, but uh. Sounds like something I think that's similar to what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you were right. Don't don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> All right, that, that was worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, that really was good. Um... <laughs> the audience got to hear you say phonograph. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so uh, this check that off on your bingo box. <laughs> this uh, this aired on November seventh, two thousand seven. Of course, we all remember what we were doing uh, in November of 2007. Yeah. Um... What was I doing? Uh, I was not watching this. You said it was December? November. November 7th. I think I was, I was November. Okay, so I was pretty excited about that jolly fat man coming to town soon. I was probably dressing in all red you already at this point. Getting ready for Santa early November? <laughs> yeah. That this, doesn't what, this, to do. This, this is why I hate Christmas. People are just celebrating for too damn long. <laughs> No, you're, you're right. You're right. This, that, I don't know. I, I had nothing Christ. else to say. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that big of a, a Christmas guy, especially that. I, I think it's, you have to really wait until after that guy crosses the line, uh, Macy's Day Parade, to start celebrating at all. Yeah, I hate Christmas, but we'll get into that when we cover the Christmas. I know. Episode. Yeah, I guess is there a Christmas episode for this this show? Oh, of or course. A couple of them? I, you know what? I'm saying of course, but uh, I think so. I, I know there's iconic but Thanksgiving. You like Christmas episodes. television? I know there's iconic Thanksgiving episodes of this show. I love holiday TV. That's really the best part of the holidays. Sure. But you could just watch those at any time. You don't have to wait for the holidays to watch them. I, but I do. Alright, shut your mouth. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so we uh, we start the episode. Gossip Girl's on the horn. She's going to say, uh, have you heard Upper East Siders? Burlesque is all the rage again, and sometimes a little raging is exactly what you need. And as always, Chuck's aiming to be ahead of the curve, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. So we open on what I presume is the uh, titular Victrola. It looked like an old-timey record player or whatever you were saying. So mm-hmm. I, I think good prediction on your part that uh, yeah. that's what this is going to be about. Uh, at this point, we don't really know what's happening right now. We're at some kind of burlesque show. 
Chucky the perv is watching, of course. Yes. Uh, he's Very particularly horny. focused on one girl. And then my favorite episode character of the episode is going to come up to him and be like, who's that girl? And the- he, love that <laughs> that guy. qualifies as a character. I love that. Love that guy. He's really living his. <laughs> he's living his best life. I'm glad this burlesque club opened because I don't know what he'd be doing on a on a Friday night without it. <laughs> um, yeah, Chuck says he has a single earring going on too. So I, I do dig like the single earring look. Yeah, he is living his best life. Um, this is actually one of only two episodes uh, in Gossip Girl where the opening scene takes place in the future, and the majority of the episode takes place with the episodes leading up to that point. A little uh, in media res, if you will. Uh, mm. so we can yeah, we jump right into the middle of the action. At this point, did you have any idea what was going on or were you just like, what? Uh, okay. No, I, I, I figured they intended on just like showing us something that we're not going to understand at all. And they would start to explain it. I'm like, all right, I, I'm just going to take this for granted. Uh, and Chuck is a perv and we'll find out who that girl is later. Yeah. Cause then we flash back and it, it'll tell us, uh, two days later, yeah. we got to Blair and, Blair and Chuck, excuse me. Uh, so, uh. Blair gives us the exposition that Chuck wants his dad to invest in a strip club, to which he will uh, correct her, no, burlesque club, a respectable mm-hmm. place where people can be transported to another time, where they can feel free to let loose, no judgment, pure escape. So this is Chuck's definition of a burlesque club, and uh, by his definition, you know, very commendable what he's trying to do. Yeah, and I think definitely still kind of an excuse to just, like, watch women... No, no, no. Def- definitely clothes. not just an excuse to be around alcohol and strippers. He wants to take people to another time. Pure escape. No judgment. Yeah, I think I think part of him does, but I think uh, most, like, 75% of him wants to just be around that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, I'll say 95%, but we can... Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can maybe split Like, his dad's, later on, his dad's not wrong for calling yeah. him out, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, we see the name of the club. This club is apparently the Victrola, so that's where the title comes in. And why did Chuck bring Blair here to show her the place? Like, obviously, they're, they're going to be uh, very intimate with each other at the end of the episode. But at this place, yeah. I mean, yes, they are friends, but they're not like the close friends like him and Nate are or that Nate and Blair are. You know, they're, they're like the, yeah. the two tertiary members of that trio. So what? why is Chuck bringing her here instead of like Nate or I guess just Nate? I don't I, I guess he well, really. a few things. I, I think Nate's busy, like, brooding around yeah. with his, all his, his things going on. And I, I it also kind of warmed my heart a little bit to see the two of them hanging out together, because I do like the combination yeah. of Blair and Chuck. Um, so, like, oh, that's nice. So they're friendly enough to, like, kind of, like, talk about this kind of stuff. And I think, does she even mention, like, why is Nate here? Or, I don't know. I don't Maybe think she's so. like, why are you telling me about this? But um, yeah. it, it was just nice to see them kind of confiding in each other and talking about these kind of things. And she was proud of him for uh, trying to you know, take the bull by the horns. Yeah. Um, but I think they also, the writers probably wanted to kind of show the two of them together at the beginning. Mm-hmm. To set it up a little. where they would end up. Yeah, set up the, the like the possible love connection here. I think... In, I, mean, I think they've been hinting at a little bit throughout the right. series, maybe, so far. I think in my head, he probably called up Nate and asked to go, and he was like, no, I'm busy right now. My dad's being annoying. And also Blair's being annoying. Can you just take Blair away from me? Yeah, that sounds exactly right. And he was like, Blair, okay. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> That's a good Chuck impression. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm really getting all my impressions down. By, by the end yeah. of this series, you'll think that you have the actual uh, actors on. Um, do you do any so other good impressions? you do like a, like a Bill Clinton? <laughs> We're not getting into that, no. <laughs> I'm not doing I'm not... <laughs> I'll save it for the Gossip Real characters. Uh, okay. So, Chuck so he's, is... he's not going to be on the show at any point. Bill Clinton? I don't have any plans on it, no. I don't know if, I don't know if I really want to continue this podcast then. What? I'm not, <laughs> you didn't hear that? Sorry, you broke up a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I said I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Oh, because Bill Clinton's not going to be around? 
I mean, yeah. I've been watching uh, Impeachment, American Crime Story, and it, Bill Clinton doesn't seem like he was a good guy. This is the first I'm hearing of all this. Yeah, I mean, he was also he was on uh, Epstein's Island at some point, too, so that doesn't surprise I me. I didn't get out to that episode yet. Yeah. All right, moving on. So Chuck thinks that uh, his father, future friend of the pod, Bart Bass, and maybe someone else who was also on uh, Epstein's list back in the day, uh, (laughs) he thinks Bart will go for the idea because it is exactly the kind of innovative thinking that Bass Industries was built upon and that this is a perfect idea. Like like we said, sounds to me like Chuck just wants to look at naked women for free, but what do I know? Um, So... 16-year-old Chuck has to pitch his business idea to his own father, and uh, it looks like we're going to get our first Chuck-centered episode here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, this episode kind of paints him in uh, the best light he's had so far. Um, and like we said, I think this business idea is 95% him trying to look at half-naked women, but also like it, it does show some initiative on his part and for he, the first time. Right, he does do the work. Like Bart mentions, like, I yeah, only right. came down here because of the work you put into your proposal. So Chuck does put the work in. You know, when he really wants something, he's probably uh, down to put in the work. Uh, also, yeah. sidebar, Blair looks very cute in this episode, I must say. Yeah, I mean, it, I think you talked about early on how attractive she was in the series, and I think I wasn't really thrilled by her so far until, and this is the first one, she's, uh, she's she looks sort of cute. I'll give her a sort of cute yeah, Bla- in this one. Yeah, sort of. I, every time I, she yeah. showed up in a scene, I was like, oh my god, look at Blair. She's killing it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have the attachment to her yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So at Nate's house, just, Nate's uh, terrible no parents. Oh, whatever. Nate's uh, Nate's terrible parents are going to waste their money and send Nate to a facility for a problem he doesn't have. Uh, can't can't <laughs> believe that Howie's still keeping up this ruse here, even though like it's ridiculous. And, and also, like, wouldn't it be obvious to the people in the treatment facility that Nate does not have a drug problem? Like, as soon as he gets there, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> as, I love uh, how funny uh nate's dad on coke is later on the episode <laughs> yeah like, tweaked out on coke yeah <laughs> all the uh, sniff stuff that that guy would not shut up a off. lot of good sniffs um yeah. so yeah his, his mom's gonna be like we're gonna get you this uh, get you to a treatment facility to fix your problem but of course all of this will be done after the waldorf dinner because that comes first um and then nate's trying to protest and how he's like I- i'll take it from here i'll have a nice little one-on-one combo with him uh, how yeah, yeah. he take care of it? Yeah, how he's gonna try to justify his actions and tell Nate tell tells Nate you know he'll get him out of this. Uh, naturally he says it was a one time thing because work was tough. He'll flush the rest of the bag. It's all Frank Meltzer's fault for giving him the drugs. Yada uh, yada yada. Frank. You know a real a real role reversal here where uh, Nate's really serving as like the parent here and his dad is like I swear it was a one time thing and it wasn't my fault and Frankie gave yeah, the drugs yeah. to me and it was a bad day at work and I'll never do it again. Well that happens in their later conversation too where he's like. I'm the adult. You're the kid. Yeah. Even though it, 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 it is a yeah. real role reversal here where uh, right. Nate does have to serve as the as the parent to his dad. Yeah. Um, can't put a damper on the upcoming festivities, though. You know, he's going to say... Oh, I wouldn't dare. He's going to say, I landed the Waldorf account and my son has landed the Waldorf. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> so, obviously... <laughs> I didn't like that. He's going to have an even grosser line referring to those two in, 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 the, uh, in the dinner scene. But, uh, obviously, he's still... <laughs> Forcing this relationship on Nate, even though Nate has kissed someone else last week. And uh, the Captain Howie is going to end the conversation by telling Nate they'll get drinks after school. Non-alcoholic, of course. Non-alcoholic, of course. Non-alcoholic, of course. Like, I didn't get that part either. Like, you guys drink all the time. Is, like, the Coke thing make him not want to drink alcohol? Like, I I don't don't understand. He thinks it... No drugs here, buddy. Yeah, he thinks... If Nate thinks he already has a drug problem, he doesn't want to also make him think he has a drinking problem, maybe. So, it's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, 
we have a frantic Jenny here where she realizes she lost the bracelet from last episode and is worried Blair's going to kill her if she doesn't find it. We, of course, already know that Blair was able to grab it off of her. That's actually why she doesn't know where it is. And uh, she does, in fact, know that Jenny was there. So Jenny's kind of freaking out about nothing for right now. But uh, she's also, she's not the only person on the phone right now. Rufus is talking to Allison on the phone, of course, because we get this Allison mention every episode. Oh, Allison and, only. But now, now maybe we're going to meet her after the events of the end of this episode. It seems like it. I think so far the way it seems is that we're going to get like a a cow and chicken type of adult here where you see just like the legs. Like I think we're we're never actually going to see this woman's face. Yeah. We see Jenny open the door and then we don't get, we don't get to see who's on the other. (laughs) Or like the fairly odd parents in the first episode. I'm guessing that uh, they had not committed to an actor yet. So they didn't want to, they didn't want to. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, the, the, here comes my favorite line of the episode where uh, Jenny comes out and says, Dad, have you seen a bracelet, you know, round, silverish, sparkly? And Rufus goes, yeah, I think I saw it next to that ambiguous, vague thing by the nondescript place. In my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. I know you have your j- joke of the episode. This was my joke of the episode because. R- R- yeah, it, it was a contender. Rufus gets her with that retort because she uh, she really did do an awful job at describing the bracelet. <laughs> Just described <laughs> right. what a bracelet is. and hoped that it, it, was, it was a good dad joke. Very good. Sure. No, no I, I'd say very good. Yeah. So I think Agree it was with like me. it was top three. Agree with me. No, so no, it was, no, it was, it was top three, but uh, there's two more better lines than that, I think. Wow. Okay. So uh, Jenny realizes that Rufus and Allison are arguing on the phone. She will, uh, you know, take note of that information. And uh, as as the preview to the episode implied, Dan and Serena are realizing that they are crazy about each other with some uh, mm. before school makeout time. They're uh, yeah. getting some makeout time. I know you love this uh, this scene. You you love a good makeout well, scene. See, you you think I would, but <laughs> I I actually got very uncomfortable during this scene because they were I uncomfortable. Got, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was wishing they were in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get some of that too later. Don't worry. Yeah, we do. So, we do. Yeah. No, I, I think that the teen kissing like just makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I don't. I can't just like watch people make out. Well, it's keep strange. in mind they're not actually teens. The actors are in their twenties. I know. I know. It's not about. The, it's it's just like so. You are allowed. Thing in general, you are allowed to feel uh feel as, as horned up as you want. All right. Thank you. By, by law, <laughs> by law, you are allowed to feel as horned up as you want. Okay. I want. I want your consent only. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we mentioned, very uncomfortable there against a brick staircase. Um. Not the place I would choose. Where where did you used to make out before school started? Uh, I I don't think anywhere. I think if anything, <laughs> um, I don't. I've never made out before school. That's very early. That's like a six. It's, like, it's you probably have like morning breath still. You just like, brushed your teeth. Yeah, if anything, maybe coffee um, breath. That's a good point. Actually, I should really. I should start making out before six thirty in the morning. And then later on, when they have their their little um, bedtime fun. After they get interrupted twice, the second time by Rufus, uh, he calls out for breakfast. I'm like, these guys really love yeah. to get up and get to, they get to business yep. early. At, at that point, I was like, what time is it supposed to be right now? Like, he's home with <laughs> right. breakfast? I, I guess Waffles. they figure, I guess either A, they can't wait. So, like, first thing in the morning, they're like, let's do it. Or B, like, they figure right. this is, like, the best time they have where people are out of the house and whatever. But uh, we'll, well get to all of that. I just listened to uh, Ask Dr. Mike Part 2 on Renap. And Dr. Oh, Mike I bo- was talking I boycott about how... This. I, yeah, I know you do. But I'll, I'll give you a little insider. He talked about how you have the most testosterone as soon as you wake up in the morning all day. And then it just declines from there. So maybe Dan has his peak testosterone levels when he wakes up and wants to get to busy town. Yeah, well, screw them. And this is an anti-Renat <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the whole show? I thought you just, just Dr. Mike. 
anti-Dr. Mike episode podcasts. It's, it's not so much about Dr. Mike. It's more about the, the wheel jamming that you don't like that they do for him. I don't, yeah. I don't like how Akiva handles the show, but we can get into that when, uh, <laughs> when he comes on, on and we just destroy day. him. Um, okay. Right. For, like, I, I don't, I don't know where we are, but now, but yeah, like I said, they're in a very uncomfortable spot. Serena mentions that with all the money they pay the school, they should maybe give them a comfortable spot to make out. But uh, I think Dan would rather them put the money toward a new t- chemistry teacher because Mr. Pizer is a little too weird for his case. And I think we know from experience that uh, chemistry teachers can be a little weird. Oh, me and you especially. <laughs> anyone from Lindenhurst High School knows. Man, the we we had a anyone who yeah oh. anyone who's seen Toy Story two that's that's what our <laughs> chemistry teacher looks and acts like. I was gonna say us in high school we had a wealth of science teachers. I think <laughs> yeah the whole the whole science department is out of control. <laughs> it's like carbon copies of each other for different subjects, <laughs> in different sizes. Oh boy! <laughs> and then so, so <laughs> this is also in addition to the uh, person that asks Chuck who's the girl. This is my uh, runner up for. Uh, character of the episode we have a random disembodied voice that just passes by and says hey serena why don't you get a room (laughs) (laughs) and we didn't see that person no it's just a voice (laughs) (laughs) which what a roast great (laughs) love that line very (laughs) i wonder if that was like the cameraman that just like got a line in there and they're like yeah we'll keep that in (laughs) yeah very early 2000s telling people to like get a room get a room this relationship uh, clearly going very well, but the pervy minions are going to keep taking pictures of them to send to Gossip Girl. Uh, spotted, Serena and Not-So-Lonely Boy clearly pass courtship in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, they really cannot stop making out, even with all these distractions. I clearly, yeah, they don't care. Uh, yeah, clearly Serena wants to fuck. But neither of them will say the word, because uh, this is a network TV show, so you can't just say, Dan, I would like to fuck you. You kind of have to beat around the bush <laughs> a little. Yeah, and beat around the... the... <laughs> proverbial bush okay. or the real and, one um and, <laughs> what was i gonna say and, they uh the show is very pg-13 as far as like what you see on screen uh yes like, there's yes, not a lot of removing of clothing and like they, they the way they speak about it is very like yes very 13 i know you're I guess very it's a teen uh, drama but very upset about that yeah, a little <laughs> and gossip girl closes at the scene by saying uh but can brooklyn keep up with the uptown express which I, is that Serena's nickname mm-hmm. or something? The Uptown Express. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> kind of like it. Um, Jenny's in school. Nate apparently has figured out that it was Jenny that that was the Serena look like that he kissed at the ball. Not not sure exactly how he figured it out. I guess once Serena revealed herself to be the real Serena, he was like, "Well, there's only one other blonde, beautiful girl in this town, so it must have <laughs> yeah. been Jenny." Um, Nate finds her in the girls' hall and goes, Serena, right? And she's like, uh, clearly uncomfortable. She's like, uh, that, that's funny. And he goes, See, that, that joke like, already beat your joke before. <laughs> that was a good one. The, and he goes, Serena, no, is that the joke of the episode? <laughs> no, it's close. Okay. It's, it's a contender. So, I mean, I, I, the anticipation, it's really great. And then, not uh, yet. when she says it's funny, he goes, not, not really, no. So at least he's self aware to know that, you know, he's not funny. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but it was good. Nate, Nate was looking for her in the girls' hall to because he's going to do some damage control here. He tells Jenny he didn't mean anything that he said about Serena. Like, really? That's the best he can do? Then, like, why would he say it? <laughs> yeah, it's all a lie. I made it up. You know when I, you know when I thought you were Serena and I pledged my love for you? I, I don't actually feel that way about Serena. It's just not at all. Yeah, and and the kiss was totally a joke. It was like a funny ha yeah. kind of kiss. Like, you know how you know how this conversation is funny? That was even funnier, what I, what I did last <laughs> yeah. night. Okay, dumbass. These chocolates, I just brought them here to eat right in front of you. Just, like, starts <laughs> gobbling the chocolates. Like, he, I think he had, like, probably, the, like, the whole weekend or such to, to think of an excuse, and that was the best he came up with. That, that was he it. didn't mean yeah, it. Yeah, he's, he's not a bright one. So bad. 
Uh, Jenny doesn't really push back. She's like, maybe you didn't. I mean, I don't even care, but other people might, AKA Blair and Dan. Uh, yeah. But, uh, Nate's going to try to buy her silence with some chocolates. Would, uh, would that work on you? Absolutely not. I, I don't like, the only chocolates I like that are in like the heart shaped boxes are like the ones with just plain chocolate and pecans or nuts or something. All the ones are disgusting. I famously hate chocolates. I would have thrown it back in his face. Yeah. Yeah, So, and even, even the best versions of those chocolates are like, I, very re- replacement level. Yeah, and I just hate chocolate in general. It's not not for me. I would have slammed it in his face and been like, get, get me some get me some purple Doritos, <laughs> bitch. There, now we're talking. Sweet chili, baby. <laughs> she showed up to the girls' hall with a bag of purple Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> like, hope- he, he comes in with them and the, the bag's open. He's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. They're so good. And this, this is, is so good. And this is actually just product placement for uh, purple Doritos. <laughs> This is good. We should rewrite this episode. Uh, <laughs> I think we do a good job of punching this show up. For sure. yeah. Now, of course, Blair shows up and uh, as he's bribing Jenny and he does a quick pivot, gives the chocolates to Blair instead. And uh, apparently it works because uh, Jenny is disgusted with this. Oh, and Bla- Blair, Blair notices. Do, do you think do you because Blair obviously in this moment is going to clock the look that Jenny gives and be like, "Ooh, Jenny has feelings for Nate. Do you think that Jenny has some feelings for Nate here? Uh no, I don't think so. Not at all. I, I think I think Jenny's just like unfortunately caught up in all this, and I feel yeah. bad for her the whole episode. And Blair obviously has her issues with Nate already, and now she's just like, great, yeah. another girl I have to worry about here. Right. Um. So Blair Blair reveals to Jenny that she has the bracelet and tells her that she hates secret more than any secrets more than anything. You know, friends don't lie, and we're friends, right? Some gentle gentle manipulation by her that w- that I think will pay off in the in the next scene they're they're in together. Yes. Um, Jenny Humphrey's rise to the penthouse has been short and sweet, but if she crosses Blair Waldorf, it's straight back to the basement. Looks like this little lamb needs to stay silent or else. So we do see that Jenny is in a very sticky situation here. Uh, but, but yeah. we also know based on previous episodes that she can be uh, pretty manipulative as well. So I was thinking maybe she could get out of this jam. Yeah, I thought I was thinking the same thing because she has uh, impressed us in the past. So maybe she would, uh, manipulate her way back into, into good fortune here. It's very tough because Blair is saying, you know, the only thing I don't want is for you to lie to me. And she has this this very delicate information that she knows will ruin Blair. She she wants right. to tell her, but no, she can't tell her. So uh, it, it Jenny has found herself in a very difficult spot through no fault of her own because Nate just creepily walked up behind her, grabbed her from behind, forbid her yeah. from speaking, and then planted a kiss on her. <laughs> right. And again, she, yeah, she hasn't done anything wrong to this point, but she just has been bestowed with this information she does not want. Exactly. I guess she should. She didn't so, have to go to that ball, but also, like, I don't think I don't think Blair would have mind if she if she just found out she crashed. Because, like she said later on, the like, game recognizes game. Right. Exactly. She. W- I think she would have been impressed if uh, he, she just showed up to the ball and nothing else happened. Yeah. Um. We get a nice Bart and Lily scene. Bart wants to go public with Lily, but Lily wants to tell her kids first. Uh, Chuck walks in on them, smooching. Lily's gonna try to get out of it, mm-hmm. even though he clearly saw everything. Like, I don't know why she even attempted. Uh, but Chuck, uh-huh. as as he is usually, he just seems amused about the whole thing. Bart tells him not right. to tell anyone, and Ch- Chuck has other things on his mind. He's here to give his uh, big big pitch to Bart. Um, all right, so I'll I'll be Chuck, you be Bart. You tell me if this pitch would work on you, right? So okay. Chuck comes in and he goes, "I have an investment idea. I think is utterly unique to your company." Sold. Oh, I love it. Thank, thank you, Father. <laughs> well, I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's good. Boy, that was so good. Yeah. So. uh <laughs> so um he he doesn't outright say that he wants to open up a burlesque club and that's probably a mistake because i feel like it, that way he could have tried to sell him on the idea in the moment instead of surprising him with it later like also weird that he calls his dad yeah sir. saying that it would it's sell like, itself 
Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, how how would you punch up this pitch? I'll I'll be Bart this time. You be Chuck. Okay. Say uh, hey, Daddy O. Uh, I got I got some some cool some cool cats Son, down call the me, Call me, sir. <laughs> okay, uh, Daddy O, sir. Uh, if if you want to follow me down to this club, I can get you uh, a, a quick little dance. And if you enjoy the dance, then uh, maybe you can throw me a bunch of cash. How's that pretty good? Sold! <laughs> Chucky boy! <laughs> All right, so it looks like both of those pitches seem to work pretty well, and we'll see how this episode turns out. But that, I, I can't see okay. it going another way. Um, Bart, Bart agrees to see the place after his meetings. Chuck seems very excited at the prospect of doing something other than sexually assaulting a girl this week, so uh, good for him. Good for him. He's like, ooh, I have a plot that doesn't involve me being creepy. Well, like, right. A little, but nah, not, I mean, not as yeah. much as usual. Yeah, a, a little bit, but um, Blair and Serena I did like that little part steps. where uh, Lily comes out from making out with his dad, and he has her fix her top button. Yeah. Or middle <laughs> yes. button, whatever it was. Yes. <laughs> Basically telling her, uh, I, I, I saw everything. You, you can't fool me. I saw that shit. Uh, Blair and Serena are on their steps. Blair is letting Serena know that the that word of her uh, steamy makeup with Dan against the steps is getting around. Which, I mean, what did Serena think? She had disembodied voices telling her to get a room. Like, she thought that no one else would say. Right. Like, they're out in the open. Um, like, oh, they saw. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, oh, how could this happen? Oh, no. Oh, you mean I'm going to be on Gossip Girl again? No. Oh, oh no. This Just, is like, terrible. taking her top off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I hate God. Let me read what they're saying about me. I can't. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Blair's going to say, she calls it. All high school musical scandalous, which I don't get it, but I do always appreciate a high school musical reference. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they said the title. It, again, it didn't really make much sense, but I'm just like happy that they said it. <laughs> yeah, that. exactly. Uh, do you remember the first time that you watched High School Musical? Because I remember that day. Um, no, I think I have a better memory of the first time I saw the Naked Brothers Band movie. Well, okay. Well, Around the same era. I think that's 2006. Well, uh, Naked Brothers Band movie was 2007, and High School Musical was 2006. Okay, but reversed. You had not seen High School Musical when it first came out. I'll tell you the story. Me and Rich okay. visited you in New Paltz, and we were talking about High School Musical and singing along properly, as as is bound to yeah. happen. You know, um, right? It was at 4 a.m. too. Well, okay, so or you do remember. At least. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> before that, and yeah. you had said you'd never seen it, and we were like, what? Oh, you got to see it. You got to see it. So we go out and party all night and get very drunk. And then we come back to like your dorm room or was it a dorm or an apartment at this point? I, I forget. A dorm. Yeah. So we go back to your dorm room and your your girlfriend is like, Brandon, come to bed. I want you. Uh, I want to snuggle. The old ball and Jane. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And, we're, and you're like, no, no, no. I have to watch High School Musical. I've never seen it. No better time than right now at 3 a.m. when I'm completely wasted. And not only did we put it on, we put it on like put the volume all the way up and sang along to every song as it came. And mind on. you, we're in a suite full of that's there's eight people that live in this suite. And none of them are watching with us. Also, I was I remember I was like on the floor laughing hysterically, like so loud, with no regard for anyone that was trying to sleep. And Nicole kept coming out like every scene. She's like, Brendan, come to bed right now. You are not gonna be watching this movie. And you're like, get back in bed. I will be in there when it's over. I am watching high school musical and that's that <laughs> Like somehow I'm the rational one. Very and the funny the part is, is I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I had seen it before. So I don't know what wow, what, kind of, what, what a liar. 
Yeah. This whole thing I, was like, a I, I think I was watching it. I was like, oh, I've seen this shit before. I don't know what I thought it was. <laughs> but you were in too deep. You couldn't come clean at that point. I was, I was committed at that point already, yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, everyone was like, were you guys watching, like, a movie last night at, like, Top Five? And like, yep, that was us. How did you not hear what it was? Yep, that was us. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> anyway, sorry for the High School Musical tangent. Um, what's your favorite High School Musical song? Um, Is the title Soaring Flying? I don't know the, the, the title of that song. Yeah. All right, break, break free. Something like that. Break, break. Well, I don't think I've seen the second or third one, so I, I just have, I've heard the when I listened to the High School Musical podcast from on Renap, they talked about how all the songs are way better on the second one. So maybe I'll watch that and have a different opinion. Um, I always like the uh, the first one, but I think that was you know sentimental reasons. Right. Well, I think the, the movie's probably better in the first one. I can't imagine the movie's getting better as there's more sequels, but I have heard the music is better. I and we have Zac Efron actually singing in the second and third movies. Oh, yes. I always slept on High School Musical 2, but I recently watched <clears throat> uh, High School Musical 2, and it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, the, I'm excited to The watch plot it. is ridiculous, and it's very dumb, but there are so many laughs in that movie. I uh, yeah, I right. had to add it to my top 200 movies of all time. All right, add it to the Patreon. <laughs> to the Patreon. Anyway, back to business here. Uh, Blair's really trying to get the deets about the makeout sesh, and it's clearly because she is jealous of Dan, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, she plays it cool in the moment. Uh, Blair is giving Serena some relationship advice, because hers is obviously going so well. She and Nate are the uh, perfect couple. Um, mm-hmm. And she she tells Serena she has to talk about these things with Dan, which uh, I, I gotta commend. The easy solution is just to talk to the other person. So, uh... Which is funny, because she's not doing that. Yeah, but, but uh, she... <laughs> I think they kind of yeah. acknowledge this, she can't, too. She can't follow her own advice, but... Uh, and I have in my notes again here that uh, Blair looks very cute. So I guess every scene, I just kind of, <laughs> I, I just kind of had to remark about with Blair in this episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> they both laugh about the fact that, only, that the guys that they like are the types to want to slow things down in a relationship. Uh, and then Blair says, "But with you, I I can't imagine why." And gives her a little winky face. Mm. Clearly, some uh, clearly some tension between the between the two there. Some sexual tension. Um, <laughs> we hope. Alright, so we get uh, the first ridiculous dream sequence of the episode, and obviously I love this because it is ridiculous. Uh, Dan and Serena have done the deed in the, in this dream. Dan, Dan asks how he was, and Serena says, let's ask the judges, and the minions are the judges, and uh, they've given Dan, one has given them him a negative three, and the other one has given him an upside down four, which, uh, you know, not bad for the first time, I guess. Not bad. Yeah. And she gave him a three, but a plus one for uh, being a virgin. Yes, but she has it, she has it held upside down, uh... Because I don't, I don't think Dan thinks highly of them. So in, in his dream, they're pretty dumb. Uh, but even in dreams, yeah. he says uh, pretentious things like, uh, "Sex is meaningful, like art, and you don't rush art." <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and are these still the same minions? Have they been yes, cast in the same minions each is, episode uh, at this Kai point? Yes, I believe this is Kylie and Isabel. I believe this is yeah. Okay. We still don't have. Uh, we haven't met the main minion yet, in, in my eyes. Okay. She's uh, still to come, I guess. And then when he says you don't rush art, one of them, I don't know if it was Cotty or Isabel, says, who's art? Did you sleep with him? Now, was was that your worst <laughs> joke of the episode? It might have been. I think if she said art vandalay, it would have been better. That would have, <laughs> that that would have caught my attention. Little, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan, not, not very funny in his dream. That was a bad joke. No. Um, the, the next dream sequence, I think, is funnier. Oh, yeah, much funnier. So uh, 
Yeah. Dan Dan wakes up to some more of Rufus' phone arguments. Uh, Jenny is going to walk in on Rufus and Dan talking about Allison. Uh, Dan continues to be the one to bring everyone back to Earth. Says, uh, Mom's having an affair. It's easy when you just say it. Like, I, I don't know why everyone has to be so weird about this. Just, Mom is right. fucking someone else. She doesn't love us anymore. She doesn't want to come home. It's easier if we just all admit that. Yeah. Dan has obviously given up hope on any relationship with his mom. And I, I applaud <laughs> him for that. Fuck her. Yeah, good for him, honestly. He needs to get his dad to come back down to Earth. Like you said, it's it's important for him to at least say it out loud so his dad kind of just, like, stops pretending like it's not a thing. Like, Dad, it's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, an adult, and you can talk to me about these things. I don't care. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big boy now, as Nate would say. Yeah, thanks for looking out for my feelings, but, yeah, I'm a big, 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 big boy now. Yeah, but I think it's, it's just because, like, Rufus can't really accept it yet. Like, Dan has accepted it, Rufus still cannot, thing, yeah. and... Jenny pretends like she just got home and didn't hear any of that. And uh, Rufus lies to her, says nothing's going on. Dan also flees the scene. Uh, he's like, I-, I got homework. Sorry, we can't talk about this. So poor, poor Jenny. No one respects her enough to be yeah, real with the her. The dad made uh, sense. But I was wondering, like, what, Dan, what, you'd like to talk to your sister about these things. Why'd you just yeah. run off her? I guess even this is too. He doesn't want to mm, talk yeah. to Jenny about this. Um, kind, kind of like Nate in that aspect where, where no, one, no one wants to just be real with him and give him the truth. Uh, oh, I'm a big boy. They right. can tell me things. Uh, but, but poor Jenny doesn't really have, also just like Nate, you know, she doesn't really have anyone to talk about these things with if, uh, if Rufus and Dan aren't talking to her, then she doesn't have anyone to go to, really. Right. She needs to get an- I guess kind of, kind of Vanessa a little bit, she seems like she's hanging out with her. Yeah, true. She, which good thing Vanessa's back for, for Jenny's sake, I guess. Yeah. Even though so far I, I I agree with you, I'm not a, not a huge fan. Uh, We'll get into it, but she is awful. (laughs) Uh, Nate is, Nate's on the phone- I'm just just in this episode. She's awful. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Nate's on the phone with his dad. His uh, dad takes a rain check on the drink. Nate mentions he's like, uh, "I'm ten blocks away," and <laughs> I was like, "What? What are you talking about? Ten blocks? Oh, we were supposed to get drinks today. Uh, never mind. I have to take a rain check." He goes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> "It. What are you, what are you talking what about? Do you mean ten blocks away? <laughs> get away. <laughs> Too close. It's business, Nate. You understand, right?" So, uh, she's, she's Louise. Um, Gossip Girl chimes in and says, uh, looks like parents can be deceiving on both sides of the bridge. And I must say, after taking last week off, Gossip Girl making some quick work this week, she already knows about Rufus and the captain both lying to their kids. Yeah, especially in a very busy episode, too. She's on, on top of it all. Yeah, she, she took last week off to regroup a little, but she, she is back in, in full swing this week. At the strip club, or burlesque club, as Chuck likes to call it, uh, Chuck is feeding cherries to a dancer. Uh, cherries are gross, just saying. Just, uh, love cherry-flavored things, but cherries themselves, not for me. Yeah, cherry, like, cherry-flavored Slurpees are fantastic. Maraschino oh, yeah, cherries so mixing them are... with the Coke flavor? Yeah, uh, they're, they're okay. I was never able to do the tie it in a knot trick. I think it's personally impossible. Well, yes, she does the classic, uh, tying a knot in cherry stem, which I was gonna say, I've never actually seen this done in person by anyone. I think I've seen it, but I forget who, but someone did it in person, and I thought it was amazing. Like, it's, it seems like something that you, like, you you swallow it, and then it, you throw it back up, and now it's tied all of a sudden. Like, I can't, I don't know how it's possible to to do. But I guess it just goes I to show that our... I this was our, something that people... I mean, maybe it's just, like, our, our, poor, our poor kissing prowess. You know, maybe we're just, like, both how, how, bad maker-outers. How dare you? Uh, uh, I, I, I thought this was something that people only do in TV shows, but, uh... I guess if you've seen it done in person, then good, good for that person. It was apparently the uh, best yeah, kisser we'll, any of us have ever we'll met. We'll get to the bottom of this. I mean, also, also um, if, if you have done it, like, uh, call in. Call, call in or... <laughs> call in. Sound off in the comments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Send a, an um, audio clip of you doing it. 
So this this cherry stem stem lady, who I have to assume is an adult, leans in to start kissing Chuck. Chuck as uh, Bart walks in, um, and Chuck Chuck didn't think Bart would make it, which is a bold assumption since Bart said he would drop by. But I guess I can imagine that Bart is the type of guy who says that and then doesn't actually come. Maybe uh, he has a history of doing that. Yeah, I mean, parents. knowing all these parents, of course. So yeah, Bart is understandably apprehensive about uh, pouring so much money into an excuse for Chuck to be surrounded by booze and naked women, as he says. Mm. And uh, normally I am very hard on the parents, especially when they're being dicks to their kids. But uh, this does seem like uh, some kind of scam that Chuck would pull. Right. Like, oh, if I can make some money while also doing like my favorite thing, then why not? Yeah, I think Bart might might have him clocked here. Like, he just wants to get drunk and hang out with strippers, and that's why he's doing this. But uh, right. Bart, Bart tells Chuck if he wants to impress him, try getting a few A's in school or a part-time job. Why on earth would any of these kids ever get a part-time job? <laughs> I don't know. Can you imagine Chuck working ridiculous. at like a tropical smoothie or something? Like, be I was just saying, can you imagine Chuck working at like Adventureland or something? That's where I went, because <laughs> Adventureland's the only part-time job I've ever had. All right. That's, I imagine, a, like, in any kind of uniform part, would be very what funny. What part-time job makes the most sense for Chuck? Uh, for Chuck, what would be a part-time gig he could do? Honestly, I, nothing. Maybe a, a bartender, if anything. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I? <laughs> Honestly, I, I could see him wearing that Good, that good Burger outfit. <laughs> um, You'd have yeah, to so I, that I can't picture Chuck. Yeah, Chuck doing a part-time job. Yeah. Uh, but he follows Bart outside, sees Bart talking to some woman up against his car, getting pretty handsy with her, and uh, mentions that he's going to go to lunch with her. Um, and this is going to be the source of some confusion, but, uh, it, it does look like Bart is being very unnecessarily close with this lady and getting up and, you know, arm around her, arm on her while they're talking against the car. So I, I really don't blame Chuck for thinking something was up with these two. Right. I mean, like, going to lunch could definitely be code with his dad, like, knowing his dad, too. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to, go to lunch on this lady. You know, it doesn't sound... Yeah, lunch is code for, uh, for pound town. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna get me. Gonna eat some bento um, box for lunch. <laughs> Blair's talking to Eleanor. Eleanor needs Blair to look elegant for this big dinner. Also, that wasn't uh, an, a, that was unfortunately meant- an. A, I didn't mean to make it an Asian joke. It was. I forgot she was Asian until I just said that, and like that was not the intention. <laughs> thank thank you for out. clearing that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll add that in post, and I just had one last uh, night. That's why now- I thought about it. Yeah. Whatever. Moving on. Yeah, now we now they'll just hear us talking about how this was edited out, so no one no one will <laughs> right. even know what was happening. Uh, Eleanor needs Blair to look elegant for the big dinner. Uh, she mentions this amazing ring that Anne had, and evidently is still very enthralled by this ring. Uh, Blair's ears perk up here because she thinks this means that Nate has been talking to his mom about their future, and Eleanor's just gonna look straight up blind and say that, oh yeah, Nate Nate asked for the family ring, so now uh, now Blair's gonna get her hopes up. Yeah, I mean she was so convincing that I thought she had. That that had happened. I'm like, oh, I didn't. I don't remember that. But maybe I just just misremembering yeah. the show. To my knowledge, that did not happen. But Eleanor didn't miss, miss a beat. She's like, yep, Nate came he to sure me did. and said he wants uh he wants yeah, to get married to you. I thought it was just it's all happening, a scene. honey. Yeah. No, unless it's a deleted scene, I didn't see it either. <laughs> um, Nate goes to spy on his dad. Uh, sees him buying some more drugs. No surprise there. Right. Uh, I have to ask, why are people always doing shady things near staircases where people can just spy on you from the top? Go in, like, closed-door rooms or something. Yeah, that was, a, that was like, a, I think he went in a more open space to go do this deal. Yes, they were in a closed room, and they said, all right, let's go do this. Let's go do this in the lobby the near the staircase. Yeah. Like, any shit, like, the, uh, Nate and 
Uh, Serena hooking up as well was done near the staircase where Chuck could just peer down from them from above. Yep. This is done in the room with a stair. Like, people are always just doing things near staircases so that people can spy on them while they're doing it. I, I don't know. It's just these these, these creeps. It's, it's, it's a perfect opportunity to just stare down at people's breasts, especially. Oh, I wasn't thinking that, but, but I, I guess that's another reason. Not from experience, near, of course, but, you know. Near, yeah, I'm, of course. That goes without yeah. saying. Uh, looks like cold, hard cash can get you the cold, hard truth. Didn't anyone tell you, Anne? Be careful what you fish for. Thank you, Gossip Girl, for sending us to... I love a good game. fish wish uh, rhyme scheme thing going on. Oh, yeah. Is that your joke of the episode? <laughs> nope. We'll get there. Is that your pun of the episode? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll start doing those, uh, too. <laughs> uh, Serene and... Serene. Serena and Dan have the apartment to themselves, for now, anyway. Uh, so more making out. But Blake Lively and Penn Badgley really earning their paycheck this week. They showed up to work, and they said, uh... We're just going to pay you to make out with your significant other all week. Is that cool? Mm. And they were like, yeah, sure. man. Let's do it. So you wonder how I thrilled uh, Blake Lively is to make out with... Uh, who's the actor that plays Dan? I don't know if you know the name. Penn Badgley. Okay. But I, I, wonder, I wonder how much the excitement goes both ways. Like, I'm, If I was Penn Badgley, I would be thrilled. But I feel like well, she's more high scale well, than him. You may have something uh, in common with our user reviewer of the week. Oh. <laughs> Even more confusing. Uh, first of all, Penn Badgley is famously hotter than Blake Lively, so I think what? it should go both ways. And I'll come on. And also, wow. um, they were dating at the time, so I'm sure oh, they were both very excited fun. to get their paycheck by just making. Oh, so they actually were significant. Um, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I believe they were dating for the first three seasons of the wow. show. Wow. Yeah, twenty twenty oh seven to twenty oh ten. Um, I I, um, I strongly disagree with you about that take. By the way, well, um, we'll get into our. We'll get into our respectable hotness rankings at the end of the season okay. and see where we differ. That's fine. I, I'm excited to see how things change next um, season. Yeah. Dan says his dad could be home in 20 minutes, but Serena's not worried because uh, she says 20 minutes is plenty. Good to know. <laughs> is that um, for her or for him? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 if it's for her. I mean, she's, like, you're, she's, like, she's like, you're a virgin, right? 20 minutes will be plenty. Way, way just... more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we could do this in between classes if we really want right. to. Uh, Again, Serena really trying to fuck Dan here, but Vanessa is going to do her signature move of breaking in through the window again, and Dan literally throws Serena off the yeah, bed, kind of which gave me flashbacks to when uh, Pete literally did that move with threw me off the bed in Vegas. Did I did I tell you about that? Were you when making Pete out with threw Pete? me off the bed in Vegas? <laughs> no, you didn't tell me that. I was not making out with Pete. He was very he was very drunk and said he was just going to sleep in a chair that night, and so he did go to bed in a chair. And so I took the bed that he's supposed to sleep in, yeah. but like halfway through the night, I I wake up to Pete just like drunkenly sleepwalking like near the bed, and I see him I'm like oh god what's gonna happen is he stealing the blanket from me is he gonna try to get into bed and he literally climbs into bed and takes me as if I'm a throw pillow and literally throws me off the bed and I went flying. <laughs> I did see the picture of him uh, trying to sleep in the chair. I went flying. I I smashed. I smashed up against Connor's bed, and then I told Pete the next day, and he was like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I would have never done that, I don't know what happened to you, I must have thought you were a pillow. Yeah, like, like you're that light. Jeez, not that you're that heavy either, but that's impressive, like, yeah, Pete's not a, to him. I mean, he's probably a to strong him. man just because of his sheer, his sheer size, but I didn't know he could just toss you around like a fucking pillow. Oh, he can't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you remember the, uh, it might have been a different time that you, you visited me, or maybe that, that same weekend we talked about earlier, but... There's a night where we got home from drinking in uh, in New Paltz, and uh, you were sick of sleeping on the couch, 
So you try to come into my room and sleep in my bed and like kind of push me off the bed and, and take, take the night's sleep there. And I had to go to practice in the morning, so and, I wanted to get a good full night's sleep. So, no, I mean, well, what I did was I stripped down completely naked and laid down so that you wouldn't try and push me out. You did, I figured you wouldn't want to touch me if I was completely naked. And I, I think it kind of worked because I think I slept like pretty well at night. Well, you are fucking disgusting, so of course I wouldn't <laughs> want to see you naked. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, rude a- to myself. Yeah, I'm really gross, so no one's going to want to touch me. I'm ugly enough that this will work. <laughs> yeah, right? Strange thought process. Good, good self-assessment. <laughs> um, Dan, on the other hand, should probably start locking his window or just setting some boundaries with Vanessa, right. which I guess he'll try to do. Vanessa seems oddly undisturbed by what she walked in on. Like, if I was Vanessa, I'd be like, oh, shit, oh, shit, sorry, and, like, yeah. run back out the window. I think that's what she's hoping she to has find. The, <laughs> she has the audacity to just, like, stand there awkwardly nodding and smiling at Serena. Mm. What what an, what an alpha move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. She's I like, hated yeah, this. I'm here. You're not having sex on on my watch. Yeah, I did not like that. Not a fan. I hate her so much. Uh, Dan, Dan shows her to the door, and she immediately just breaks back in. What the fuck is wrong with her? She's pathological. Yeah, right? And she, just, and she, she breaks in and then just kind of stares. Dan shoves her out again. He does not lock the door, but then, yeah, she just as soon as he walks back into the room, she opens the door again, just peeks in, and just like looks at them getting Maybe back into the room. Maybe look again. Yeah, yeah, she's a she's a fucking weirdo. Um, Dan's gonna tell Serena not to worry about Vanessa because uh, she's like family. Sure, okay, but uh, Serena wants to have a sex talk, but then they just start making out again as Rufus comes home with breakfast. Like we mentioned, what we we do not know what time it is. It is yeah, probably like seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd definitely trade, like, more making out for sex talk. Like, if you want to talk about... Maybe just maybe try and do it instead of, like, talk about it. Yeah, Serena tried, but uh, it, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, spotted. Bass drunk off his ass at the palace bar, drinking away his woes and his investment capital. Chuck is uh, Chuck's being very relatable here and getting wasted in the middle of the day when he gets his dreams crushed. I think we've all been there. Uh, Chuck... Chuck leaves a voicemail for Nate, telling him that Bart didn't like the idea, but he's already uh, rented out the place for our event of the week, the big party at the at the Victrola. Yeah. Um, Lily comes outside, sees the drunk Chuck sitting on the ground. Uh, Lily Lily's going to help him up. She's going to give him a little pep talk, tell him that, you know, his father loves him and won't cut him off because he wouldn't want to see his kid go without. Um, me, personally, I do like this uh, Lily-Chuck relationship, but it is interesting that Lily is being more of a mother to Bart's kid than she ever has been with her own kids so far in seven episodes right. of the show. I, I think she's just starting to soften up here. I think in the last few episodes she's gotten better and better. So maybe they painted her in uh, such a light in the beginning that she was just like a cold-hearted bitch. And now she's starting to be more personable at this point in the show. And it's just bad timing. Well, yeah, she I'd love to her see her have these moments. Yeah, I'd love to see her have these moments with her own kids. Right. We'll get there, hopefully. Um, Maybe not. This is this is when drunk Chuck's gonna drop the bombshell that Bart has been screwing twenty five year olds when he's supposed to be uh, committed to Lily. Right, which he didn't he didn't know for sure, but he assumed. Time tells out of and, school. Uh, yeah, Lily seems to immediately believe Chuck here. Like like Chuck did see something as we discussed, but also he could just as easily be making it all up to get back at him. So like, come on, Lily, what are you doing here? Right, but I guess there's probably some sort of history between Mister Bass and Lily that. This isn't surprising to her. Right, and Chuck's going to bring that up later. But mm-hmm. if I'm Lily, I'd be like, obviously Chuck is saying this just to get back at his dad. But I, I, she also might be looking for an excuse to be mad at Bart as well. So 
Yeah, because um, in the last episode, she did give uh, Rufus quite a look. A look of longing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Um, so Nate, Nate goes to his mom in a very frustrating scene. And Nate, Nate comes clean, tells Anne that the drugs were drugs were dads. And, of course, refuses to believe him at first. But then uh, Nate calls her out and says, You look down every time someone tries to tell you the truth. Just look at me. And uh, we're actually getting a real moment here with Nate. Not just him going like, wish my parents would treat me like a big boy. Yeah. yeah he's, he's running the show at this point with the family. Everyone else is pretending yes. nothing's going on. And he's trying to bring everyone together. Yeah. So Nate's literally like, I, I saw this man drawing, buying drugs yesterday. He needs help. Right. And now we get this like twist that apparently like Anne knows and yeah. tells him, your dad's been under a lot of, your dad has been under a lot of pressure. And if you hadn't been so difficult lately... <laughs> Your latest rebellions have been very hard on your father, Nate. Yeah. All this business with Dartmouth, your issues with Blair. So straight up, are blames we meant him. to believe that? Yeah, that first of all, Anne did know about this, was but was perfectly willing to just pretend that she thought Nate was the one using yeah, the drugs. Yeah, that's what because, it sounds like, like. I think that's exactly because it. what because it's an easier narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's. I think she's officially got the worst mom award in the show. That's like cake who right is she there. fooling? Because Nate knows the drugs aren't his. Howie knows the dr- the drugs aren't Nate. And knows the yeah, drugs. I guess she was trying to lie to so herself. Why are they just? They're all keeping up this ruse yeah. to, for for no one for themselves. Yeah, they're, they're insane people. And because uh, and because Nate doesn't want to go to Dartmouth, and he's not in love with Blair, this is actually his fault. Apparently, I it hate is. her. Yes, yeah, by far the worst mom in the show. I hate her. Maybe she's worst just parent. as bad as the dad. I was going to say maybe she, worse. She than tells, yeah. She tells him not another word of this. They have to get to the celebratory dinner and wear a tie because, of course, dinners come first. God, these. Right, well, she's crying. Um, these what, parents, what a psychopath continue to be the, wor- the worst um, I, I can't even imagine how ha- yeah i can't even imagine having this mindset uh you know we'll, we'll see maybe another easy lvp this week but we'll, we'll see as uh as the rest of the episode plays out right. um dan's in his room watching 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 some porn while cedric looks on <laughs> Him and cedric having some bonding time <laughs> oh you see that cedric <laughs> this is uh, a good move. vanessa breaks in again and Dan jokes about how she needs to knock, but still doesn't seem to care that much that she just walked in on him watching porn. Yeah, I, I, why are you watching porn? Like, what a strange line. Yeah, like, and he doesn't seem bothered bo- like, at know. all. Uh, he, he calls it art cinema, which is a nice spin yeah, on, on porn. Uh, also, Dan, just lock your fucking door. I know you want people to knock, but just, like you know Vanessa's going to keep breaking in. Lock your door, lock yeah. your window. Vanessa's on the loose. She's a maniac that does not care about boundaries. I um, think she might live on the fire escape. Yeah, maybe. And just wait for a moment to break in. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa grilling Dan about how he's going to lose his virginity. Also, like, judging him for yeah, wanting to. She's, like, she's shaming him. And is going not only going to shame him for wanting to lose his virginity, but also going to slut shame Serena a little bit here. And be like, oh, she's going to know what she's doing. Because with all her experience with boarding school professors, Pamplonian bullfighters, and best friends' boyfriends. Like, they, this is so uncalled for. And Dan should be angrier. Yeah, he really should be. I, I think it. Definitely, it seems like it's come from, comes from a place of jealousy from Vanessa. That's what that's what I'm getting anyway. Yeah, Vanessa's like, oh, Serena's just having sex with everyone, and Dan's just like, hee hee ha ha. Like and, he should stand up for his girlfriend. Yeah, without a doubt. Bad move, bad Dan. Bad Dan. Uh, the amount of times Vanessa has to be kicked out of the same apartment. Take take a hint, Vanessa. Yeah, I think I have written in my notes. Vanessa needs to get the fuck out. Dan is, I mean, at this point, their relationship is like, Dan is Uncle Phil and Vanessa's DJ Jesse Jeff, and he just keeps throwing her out of his house. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to get that that edit with Vanessa just flying ah! out, of, out of the apartment. Going, ah! <laughs> that is a classic. Uh, Vanessa also going to give him advice before she leaves. Uh, she's like, 
but if it were me about to have sex with you, like we we get it, you want yeah, to have sex with we get it. Vanessa. Just, I know. Just, I but like uh, she either. tells him to she tells him to get rid of Cedric and the football sheets. Why does why does Danny even have football sheets? Like he definitely. Is I, I was going to say he's not a sports fan. I may, maybe Rufus got it for him when he was younger, and he just never yeah, changed sheets. Yeah. But Rufus doesn't really seem like a sports fan either. I guess it's like little little boy things. It's like you know the heteronormative type of uh, bed sheets you got. Um, yes, little 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 boy things. Uh, I also I think we should start calling Mr. Humphrey uh, Daddy Hump. I don't know if you agree. Daddy Hump. If you're, if you're in on okay, that. Okay. Um, so I had him written in my notes Daddy that. Hump. I'll just stick with the Dilf. The Dilf. Okay. All right. Um, do we get uh, one of my favorite scenes here, the Blair and Jenny scene. Uh, Jenny opens up, she goes, thanks for helping with the bracelet. Who knew a broken clasp could cost so much? And uh, Blair fires back with, it was my pleasure. Oh, wait. No, it wasn't. Was this uh, your no, joke? No, it wasn't. And you're going to ask Pretty that, good. No, that was bad. Pretty I good. Like a, cla- <laughs> oh, a classic not <laughs> from Blair. It was, it was even worse than a not. It was like, oh, actually, it wasn't. Like a, a long walk to get to the not <laughs> joke. It would have been better if she was like, it was my pleasure. Nah, not. That's, that would have been the joke of the day. <laughs> and, and then cracks up to herself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, simpler not would have gone a long way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Blair helped out Jenny with the bracelet. Let's her know, uh, game recognizes game, but you have to show respect. She tells her that this is the last time she will help her, help her and that next time she crosses her, she won't be so forgiving. So uh, this is when Blair opens up to Jenny, tells her not to tell anyone, uh, not even Serena, which... Uh, Blair tells Jenny that Nate is planning on giving her his family's ring, and it's weird that I, I think that it's weird here that uh, Jenny is getting the best friend privileges here with this secret and not Serena. But I guess Serena may still feel like weird talking to Serena about the Nate stuff. Yeah, most likely. I mean, and that's not going to last long. It seems like after uh, what's revealed on Jenny's part. Exactly, and, but she's not even telling like, the minions about this either. Like Jenny is uh, getting best friend privileges here. Um, and she's starting to feel really uncomfortable because she literally just promised Blair she was never going to lie to her again. And, and obviously she has some very pressing information about this whole Nate thing. So uh, while Blair's still living in her fantasy land where they're this perfect couple, uh, she she realizes that Jenny is not happy enough for her. Right. And calls her out on it. Uh, Jenny Jenny tries to tell her that it's just been a weird week for her because of stuff with her parents. But Brendan, you, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. No. Blair knows bullshit. Well, she knows she, when someone is trying to lie to her. I was I was disappointed with the face she made. She could have gotten out of this if she just kind of put on a better face for this whole uh, this this news that she was given. But the minute she was talking to Blair, yeah. she just had like this frown on. Like she was, I think she was ready to tell her the minute she walked in the room. Right. The thing is, because I think with Jenny, at least half of her wants to just tell Blair this anyway. Yeah, she's a good person, and so she's kind of looking for an opening to just tell her. Um. So Blair thinks that Jenny's just jealous and she keeps pressing. Uh, sweet, sweet little Jay doesn't want to hurt her. Yeah. And Blair says, how could you hurt me? And so here I'll we go. Jenny is going to hurt her. Uh, <laughs> Jen- yeah. Uh, well, funny, funny you should ask, Blair. Uh, Jenny's going to spill the beans. Tells her everything about how Nate told her he wasn't over Serena and all the fun stuff we discussed last week. And of course, that kiss, that, that very steamy kiss that uh, steamy. Jenny wanted no part of and ran away. Uh, Blair is clearly very hurt, has tears in her eyes. Uh, let's Jenny know that she is dismissed for good. A, a classic case of killing the messenger here. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, for that reason, exactly like you said, it's the messenger. I don't think she'll be uh, done for good, especially with how quickly she rose to the top. I think she'll be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, did Jenny do the right thing here? Both both morally and strategically. Like, uh, both like, was this the right thing to do by a moral standpoint? Like, should she have told Blair? Did Blair deserve to know the truth? And also, like, strategically for Jenny's 
uh, social climbing to reach the top of the Upper East Side. Was this a good move for her? Sh- should she have just kept lying? Um, I would say yes to the first and no to the second, but also maybe yes to both, only because uh, she seems to have enough confidence where she knows maybe it would have bit her in the butt later on in a worse way if she kept the secret from her. Because she did say earlier in the episode, I hate secrets more than anything. So I think telling the truth, she might be rewarded for that in the future. Yeah, this may have come out anyway, and then Blair would have probably been even more mad that she kept yeah. it from her. So she's mad in the moment, but she might change her mind later. Now that she's yeah, single by the end of the episode. I think this was a good move. Uh, quick scene here. Blair comes down to this boring-ass dinner. Uh, Blair gives Nate the opportunity to come clean, and he does not. And that's it. That's it. M- moving on to another great <laughs> scene. Another iconic dream sequence. Uh, yet again, some more naking out. But this time, with Serena and Nate flashing back to that wedding scene. Uh, Dan's there watching and hilariously cutting in and asking Nate and Serena for some pointers. Uh, I think this was a good teaching moment for everyone, actually. You know, all the middle and high schoolers watching the yeah. show, they probably learned a lot. That was good. Like, you see I, Dan I learned a lot, notes, too. But yeah, also, yeah, I was taking notes at home, you were probably taking notes, and now I think we we know the right way to do this. Uh, the leg wrap, that's interesting. And she, she answers back, she's sexy, right? And it increases stability. The hair grab, does that really work? Oh, yeah, every time. So uh, after every question, they just go back to hooking <laughs> yeah. up, and it, it's all very funny. I think it looked and, it was funny for me because I don't know if Nicole watched me during the scene, but like I think I was writing something down from the previous scene, like frantically because I was I was trying to watch and also write down. But it looked like I was writing frantically about what was happening on screen in front of me. Like I was taking notes as fast <laughs> as I could. You're like, oh, that's good. Leg grab, hair grab, hair grab. Um, and this, this must have been a very interesting scene to film for Penn Badgley because, like we said, he he was dating Blake Lively at the time. So for him to just watch her <laughs> make out with yeah, Nate. Yeah, that's the life uh, of an actor. And kind of, but, but yeah, it's life of an actor, but very rarely are you there, like, watching the scene and, and also commenting in the scene on it. with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and commenting on and asking for pointers. That's fun. Do you think they, uh, did, like, a little bro high five after, after the director yelled cut? <laughs> Maybe. Or maybe uh, Nate and yeah. up afterwards, yeah. Probably. They had, maybe uh, they had to take turns doing that same scene where someone else commented <laughs> on the maker outers. And uh, they'll also mention, never hurts to keep your shirt open and billowing. So another good tip. Uh, and now Rufus walks in on Dan looking up sensuous massages. Uh, Dan <laughs> Dan has been walked in on so many times this episode. It is amazing that he's like still so well-adjusted. Well-adjusted. Does, like, does this guy not feel embarrassment? And if And if not... Why is he still so scared of the sex? Like, if he can survive all of his friends and family continuously walking in on him looking at porn, I think he'll be fine with the sex. Like, it can't be more embarrassing that every than everyone in his life walking in on him, like, looking up porn and sensuous massages. Right. And, like, not to mention, he's also extremely attractive. So he's extremely, got nothing to worry about. Wow. Um, it, it, Some would say more attractive than Blake Riley. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that he, ha- he lives with literally two other people and he gets walked in on by, like, three in this episode. Like there's more 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 times that people live in his house. <laughs> also refuses to lock the door still. Also <laughs> refuses like is just like ah yeah you know not, nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. Uh, so Rufus lets him know he'll be at the art gallery with Jenny and Vanessa all night. And uh, when he hears that, the wheels are gonna start spinning in Dan's head. And Good Rufus cool. sees this, he knows what's up, and wants to give Dan a little refresher on the talk. Wish wish we could have seen that scene play out. Yeah, that would have been funny. Um, this, I think this is where I wrote down uh daddy hump is a good dad so i think that's where the daddy hump thing kind of took off for me i think that you should just uh tweet that out daddy hump is a good dad <laughs> no context no context okay. hashtag no context uh 
We'll we'll create a Twitter account. No context, lonely boys. Okay. Um, he's gonna give some great fatherly advice on the way out. Also tells him to lose the football sheets and Cedric. Love a good recurring gag. Yep. Even though I didn't um, like where it came from. Yeah, exactly. But you know, if you just repeat a joke in the episode, I'm gonna like it. <laughs> uh, the, the the more you say something, the funnier it gets. That's true. Jenny and Vanessa are at the art gallery here. Vanessa lets Jenny know she did the right thing. Um, at the very least, I am happy that Blair has, like, a new girl in her life to take her frustrations out when she gets upset. So, like, if she continues to use Jenny as her punching bag, then at least she and Serena can remain friends. Yeah, that's true. She, she, uh, she's pretty much friends with everybody in this show, I feel like. She's, uh, you know, a good jack-of-all-trays. Who, Blair? Oh, uh, they were talking about Jenny. Or Jenny. Jenny. Oh, yeah, Jenny. Yeah. Jenny. Well, I was saying that I-, I like that Blair has a new punching bag so that she doesn't have to break up with Serena every time she gets upset. Right, but now, I think out. like the fact that this kind of comes back to Serena, even though she didn't do anything lately, I think Blair might right. get mad at her for yeah, yeah. Nate wanting to make out with her. But uh, she didn't, that, we didn't see that in this episode, so maybe she's kind of fine with it because mm-hmm. she's just over Nate altogether by the end of the show. Yeah, and uh, Vanessa's going to use this opportunity to seamlessly transition the convo to uh, Jenny's parents. Vanessa, never scared to bring up this topic with the Humphreys about how <laughs> Allison left them. <laughs> right, she's in here two episodes, and she likes to really <laughs> put their put their nose in it. She literally has no boundaries. She is walking in, not knocking. She is breaking in. She is constantly reminding everyone that Allison left them. Like, she does not give a fuck. Right, she shows up six episodes into the series. No one's talked to her in a year, and then she's just, like, family. Out of nowhere. And everyone keeps saying that, too. Like, oh, it's Vanessa's, like, family. Like, I've never yeah. heard of her before. Right, and she literally has not talked to any of them in over a year. But, uh... Right. I don't know exactly what she tells Jenny here, because I do tune out Vanessa a lot, like, when she talks. But uh, <laughs> I guess it probably helped Jenny in some way, because she seems better off after the conversation ends. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good to, good to have somebody on the outside of that world, I guess, to talk to. Yeah. Uh... Back to the boring dinner. Uh, Howie's gonna do his best to make it not boring, but, uh... First of all, imagine having to go to a business dinner with, like, your parents as a high schooler and, like, get dressed up in, like, a suit or anything. Like, this, it seems, like, yeah, terrible. Uh, Coked Up Howie is very happy about Nate and Blair getting married someday. Chuck uh, and Wine. Very, yes. <laughs> he very awkwardly forces Anne to give the ring to Blair to try on, even though no one is into it except for him. <laughs> and then, this is what I was talking about, he calls their relationship the union of our children, which was, Ugh. like... Ew. Ew. Like, why? I don't know why that rubbed me the wrong way it, so much. It sounds like, like they're like, like inside of each other. Like if that's what it means, he's making it sound like. Like why don't you guys? You know, let's do it right now. Put on the ring and then become a union right now in front of us. And let's consummate the marriage. I know you guys aren't married yet, but let's consummate right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> e- even Blair realizes this is the bad idea at this point. Like she is no longer uh, living the fantasy. No. Yeah, I think she's she's pretty upset. Back at the burlesque club. Uh, he invited Blair and Nate to this party, but they're both still at their boring dinner party. So it's like, oh, none of, none of Tre- Chuck's friends are at his party. But uh, his dad did come, and so did Paulette Cho. Imagine being in a uh, burlesque club and your dad just plops down next to you. <laughs> well, I think him and his dad have a different kind of relationship where that's it, not so strange because they're both creeps. Yeah, but just imagine. <laughs> Good old Donnie Rupp sitting next to me at a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> he sits on my lap. Um, hey, Dad. But yeah, uh, as you mentioned, a little different with him and Bart. But uh, Pauletta Cho interviewed Bart for The Observer and then took him to lunch to discuss her having a career change or something, whatever she says. She wants to be a titan of industry. Um, and as a test, Bart actually decided to give her Chuck's proposal, and she was all about it. And Bart actually admits that he may have been wrong, which is pretty rare for the parents of this show. And now, now all of a sudden he loves this idea. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Uh, well, I did because I've seen the episode, but <laughs> before that, yeah, in a in a new person perspective, I did not see this yes. coming. 
Uh, and now Chuck has some coming clean of his own to do, uh, where he has a, cause, uh, Bart's like, yeah, I tried calling Lily, but she hasn't answered. And Chuck's like, yeah, about that. Yeah. I was drunk and mad at you and kind of, uh, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's fair. That's a high school kid, you know. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're an adult. Uh, you can figure it out, Dad. Nate, Nate, Nate and his dad are outside. Uh, Nate lets his dad know that he has a problem. Lets him know every day. He tells Howie that he lets him know every day how important this business deal is. And yet here he is tweaked out on cocaine during the dinner. Uh, incredible again that Nate essentially has to be the parent in this relationship and yeah. it, like he's literally like you always say how important this is and now look you're ruining it uh, and uh, he says you've been selling me out trying to make it happen pushing me towards Dartmouth towards Blair dad you're totally sabotaging all of it tonight and some good points are being made right if you want this that badly then what, what are you doing out there exactly and how he answers with uh, you know my favorite response who are you to tell me I'm the adult you're the kid <laughs> <laughs> this, so when when this happens, the the big punch, I I laughed so hard. I don't I don't know if you laughed your first time, but I just I, me and Nicole both laughed out loud. <laughs> it was it was a great you, big, biggest. You didn't see it that coming. Was, that was the biggest. It was, chuck, it was a bigger chuckle than the biggest the best uh, joke of the show. I did I didn't see it coming. Oh, that's the joke. That wasn't the, that's joke, the joke. No, but it was the biggest. Oh, laugh. I, oh I thought you said that was, the, I was like <laughs> getting punched in the face with a joke. <laughs> Our right, biggest chuckle though. Okay. Um. Speaking of getting punched in the face, I don't have kids, but if I ever say I'm the adult, you're the kid to anyone, please please punch me in the face. <laughs> well, if that's, that's the funniest part of it. Is I'm the adult, you're the kid, and then fucking clocks him. <laughs> what, 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 what a series of events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nate tries, to, Nate tries to stop his dad from going back inside. His, dad, his own dad just turns around and punches him in the face. Another great left hook. <laughs> and, um... There just so happens to be several police officers standing nearby who immediately come over. Yeah. Unless this whole thing was an elaborate setup by Nate, but I, I don't think it was. I don't was, think it was. I, I, I mean, they're in the city. I guess I, there's cops around. I don't think that uh, Nate could have anticipated getting punched in the face here, but I, I guess it could have had something to do with the investigation that's happening with his dad, that police are just like kind of tailing him at all times. Right. Well, but she found out later that uh, the feds have been trying to get on uh, on the captain for a little while. Exactly. And then we have, uh, you know, at this point, they come over and they're like, everything okay? And it's like, oh, it's okay. He's my son. As if that makes it okay that he just... Yeah, he's my... Face. <laughs> um, he's my son. It's fine. Nothing to see. God, we, nice, we punch nice each one. other all the time. All the time. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised because, uh, first of all, fuck the police. All cops are bastards. Yeah. But uh, also, go Nate. Might as well here. Fuck Howie. He turns around and says, sorry, dad. You need help. Check his pockets while you're at it, and just walks away. Yeah, good for him for not just like uh, getting up and getting pissed off, and like he just kind of takes it in stride and does the right thing here. Yeah, very stoic. Yeah. Um, and at, just like Nate, I was thinking at this point, like Captain's rich, I'm sure he'll get out of it no problem. But still, still fun moment to see. But we're gonna see in a little bit that uh, not so easy to get out of. Maybe. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why that uh, account was drained a little while ago. That's right. Uh, more, Nate, more than just Nate the coke. Pays off. That's right. Uh, Nate pays off the doorman to say that his father went home sick because even Nate cares to an extent about what, you know, what other people think. Right. Uh, but Blair sees it all. Everyone is such a talented stalker in this yeah, show. Yeah, but also kind of crazy that he was just going to let leave because he went, they went downstairs for cigars and then for him to just not show back up at the, the little get together upstairs. He was sick. Well, I mean, no, I mean for, for Nate because he was about to just get, get out of there. Because Blair comes running down and was like. No, he was trying to go. Nate's, Nate's dad was trying to go back inside, and Nate was trying to stop him. Right, but I'm saying, like, Blair comes down and is like, where are you going? 
You know, like oh, oh, Nate he was, was just going gotcha, to gotcha, just gotcha. ditch the scene, and she's like, "Wait, wait, right, wait, wait what's right, going right, on?" Right. That's true. That's true. He he paid off the doorman to give Howie an excuse for going home, and that he didn't uh, get taken away by the police. But then also was just going to go to himself. the burlesque club. Yeah. Right. And speaking of which, back to the Victrola. Uh, Chuck has told Bart about what he did. I uh, don't know why we didn't see that conversation. Could have been entertaining, but I guess you know, <laughs> got to cut some. <laughs> Gotta right. cut some scenes here. Yeah. Uh, Bart's mad at Chuck, but Chuck lets him know that it's not completely his fault. And if uh, he can't make up with Lily, then there might be a reason for that. There's a, there's a reason that Lily was so quick to believe him. Kind of like what you were saying. Right. Good, good point. Um, uh, Ch- all the, the kids are really uh, responsible this episode and very, very uh, parental. Because the kids, even though they are all immature as well, are somehow all more mature than the adults. Seems like it. Go, Chuck. I think this lifestyle just really fucks with you, where to the point you just get more and more absurd as you get older. <laughs> Honestly, probably. That's what it seems like so far. Like, when we start meeting grandparents, we're going to see, we might see how crazy they are. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess Rufus is the most common of all these people because he doesn't have any money. Well, yeah, exactly. Because he's one of the forgotten artists of the 90s. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this seems to work a little on Bart because he lets Chuck stay to discuss business with Pauletta as he leaves to try to fix things with Lily. Mm-hmm. Um,. I feel like I still wouldn't have been surprised if that was more than a lunch. It did look suspicious. Yeah, yeah, it still could be. Um, this is surprisingly not the last we'll see of Pauletta Cho. She'll be in a future episode. Okay. Just you know, just a little all tease. Right, right. In case you felt like you wanted to stop watching Gossip Girl, I let me tell you, there will be one more episode with Pauletta Cho. Thank God. <laughs> she Pauletta not the best character of the episode because we did have uh, the guy that asked Chuck who's dancing and also right. the disembodied voice that tells Serena to get Can't her. Can't forget, so she's number three. Um, so uh, Nate, as you mentioned, is leaving to go to the Victrola. Uh, maybe there was a scene cut out where Nate goes back upstairs and says, uh, "Sorry, I have to leave. Maybe, My dad yeah. got sick, but we didn't see it. Uh, probably not though." And Blair goes, "I saw your father get arrested. Why didn't you come to me? I would have listened." Was that your joke of the episode? Because that's I know because that's what that's what Nate thinks. He thinks that's a joke. So come on, <laughs> I've been trying yeah. to talk to you for episodes now. Yeah, she has the nerve to ask him why he didn't come to her, and Nate's like, "Are are you, are you fucking kidding me, Blair?" Yeah. Uh, he says he's tried, but every time he tried, something else had her attention. He's like, "Blair, I tried to tell you, and you were too busy designing an elaborate scavenger hunt to me, so I could prove my love to you." Yeah, this is funny, and then also, uh, well, they have this 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 big dramatic scene that we'll probably do reading of soon um and then she asks if he loves her and he just doesn't say anything the rest of the scene and then she takes his cap it, it wasn't a mul- it wasn't a multiple choice question it's yeah. probably only good with uh not good with short responses yeah but uh yeah speaking of the mass ball blair's ready to talk about it turns it back on him they're both to blame i i think they're both to blame here but at the same time, no one is to blame because Blair asks if he loves her. And uh, like you said, his, his silence speaks volumes. Yes. Well, I, I mean, I think it's, it's uh, good. Poor Blair. I'm, I'm glad this happened, though. It's, it's about time. I agree that it's good. So we can we can move on, hopefully. Uh, poor poor Blair is so upset. And I, I hate seeing her sad like this, you know. Uh, she tells him a good deal with his father. Uh, she says, he needs you. You know what? I don't. Oof. Oof. Cold. Ch- chills. Yeah, and I, but I think she's been like kind of per- like kidding herself about how well their relationship has been going anyway. So I think she's finally come to terms. Like, oh, yeah. okay, this hasn't been working for a while. And if he does break, if she does break things off with Nate, you know, and maybe moves on to some bigger and better things with Chuck, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, not, not that Chuck is a better person than Nate. I right. take that back completely. Disregard what I just said. <laughs> but uh, maybe she'll stop getting mad at like Jenny or Serena every episode, and she'll just be happier overall. Yes, that could be could be good for her. 
So speaking of happiness, back to the happier storyline of Dan and Serena. You like that segue? That was really good. One of your best so you far. Can tell, you can tell I'm a veteran of podcasting. Especially when, because this is what we do in Hobby Boys. Whenever we have a good segue, we stop, admire it, admire our drive, do a bat flip, and then we uh, <laughs> move on. Exactly. Speaking of admiration, Dan is ready for uh, Serena oh boy. to come in. And he is a... Uh, he has decided to. Speaking of oh boy, he has decided to go with the. He has decided to go with the fire hazard of a million candles all over the room. I never know how people like. Did Dan just like buy candles in bulk and just bring them home and like make a bunch of trips to bring them into his room? I guess so. Um, I hate candles. Just to go off on a little rant here, fire is my second least favorite thing in the world. So I would hate this. I would, I would probably turn and run. Even even if I was with Pen Badgley, fire is it's just too scary. It is too scary. And that's with he he acknowledges the fire hazard. It is, and it, it also just makes things too bright. Like I get the ambiance he's trying to go for, but it, that's that's yeah. like just turn the lights off. But what's your what's like, your number I get one least favorite? The thing? ketchup, of course. Oh. <laughs> I get I get that um, fire was a very important invention. Whoever the caveman was invented it, probably one of the Geico cavemen, because they yeah. are the most famous of the cavemen. Probably, I mean, listen, I'm sure he got rich off of it and uh, lived very well for the rest of his life, yeah. as he should have, because fire, very important. But we have evolved past the need where we just need to have fire everywhere. We have lights. We have heaters. We have, you know, even things that run on fire, but you never actually have to see the fire revealed. <laughs> we don't need exposed flames everywhere. It's nothing good has ever come. No one has ever liked getting burnt by a flame. No, it's fire is terrible. I, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I thought I don't even like reaching into the oven. It's too hot. It's too hot in there. Yeah. Yeah. Hot, hot is hot is hot. Um, I'm famous for thinking that hot tubs are too hot. So they, on the same same kind of wavelength as far as heat go, I'll go. I don't I don't not a big hashtag hot is not hot is not for me. Um, and hot tubs too for hot. Me. So. Where do you stand on hot tubs? I like hot tubs. You like them? I, I do like hot tubs. Yeah. But I, I like them more like a 99. Some people put them at like 105. It's way, it's way too hot. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't really. I've never had a hot tub, so I've never had to set the temperature. I don't know what even is hot and what isn't. All right. Well, um, answer in the comments. Uh, what temperature hot, do you like your hot tub at? Yes, please do. Uh, sound <laughs> off. Uh, speaking of hot, Blair has decided to go to Chuck's party instead of Nate. What a twist! Uh, Chuck's expecting Nate to show off, show up, and it's just Blair. Uh, and Blair lets Chuck know right away. She just bro- they just broke up. She doesn't want to talk about it. She just wants to escape, and uh, that's exactly what Chuck bought this place for. So already paying dividends here. <laughs> So we're, now we're getting back to this, uh, the scene that started the episode here. We are. We're almost, we're almost back almost to, up to the scene that started it all. Chuck and Blair are enjoying the show. She says she feels relief. You know, good for her. And uh, Blair is just sitting at a burlesque club watching a bunch of women dance for her, and she is enjoying every second of it. Uh, well, so this kind of plays into your theory a little bit, doesn't it? You little minx. I wasn't going to say anything. I do with that information what you may. <laughs> I think we are getting endless hints mm-hmm. in every episode. We'll see. Anyway. She's single now. Uh, she lets she lets Chuck know, uh, to me, very awkwardly, that she has moves. And she's just like, I have moves. You know, I, I'm just saying. I have moves. And like, don't I? Okay. Don't don't ask me to get up yeah. there, but but I have moves. Just just want to <laughs> let you know. <laughs> and Chuck wants her to get up there. Uh, Chuck doesn't think she'll do it, but Blair uh, is drunk enough to do it. It'd be funny if she goes so, up there and just does uh, the Macarena. 16-year-old Blair. <laughs> Those are her moves. Or the Cotton Eye Joe. be very cringy. I think I, I don't think... I don't think I would have made it to episode eight if that happened. <laughs> uh, yes, our sixteen-year-old Blair is going to get up there and start stripping and dancing for Chuck and everyone else in in the club. Yeah, I, this is what I was talking about earlier when I said that they, this is a very PG thirteen show because 
the way like the 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 music and the cameras kind of doing its thing it just it makes it seem like it's supposed to be a very sexual scene and you just yeah, you're yeah. seeing like close-up close-up shots of her back like you're seeing a lot of back <laughs> shots like it's, exactly. and it's a clothed back it's not bareback yeah so we get we get the original scene from the beginning of the episode but this time with the revelation that blair is the girl dancing for chuck what <laughs> um and we, we see the guy asking Chuck, who is that? And Chuck says, I have no idea, which makes less sense now. But I guess he's saying he, he has no idea what, what, what the her. person that Blair has chucked yes. into, she had chucked into, gotten into. Uh, Chuck is, ha, cannot recognize her. She's unrecognizable. Is that, a, is that a, a, a term that Chuck uses? Like, I chucked into her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I chucked her last night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, you know, they don't utilize that enough. Like, they will use his last name, Bass. They'll say Basshole a lot. But uh, yeah. they're not going to say, uh, what, the, what the Chuck. Or, what the uh, Chuck. <laughs> go Chuck yourself enough, for my liking. <laughs> yeah, uh, so this is the first. Like, uh, I think they've been hinting uh, at, like, a, a small romance between Blair and Chuck because they seem to be, like, actual friends so far this series. And, like, oh, mm-hmm. they're and then Chuck's horny, so think, why wouldn't he be horny for his best girlfriend? Uh, and now... Yeah, out of everyone, they... they Kind of seem to have like the most in common. Yeah, like they they have the best. They both kind of play the villain a little bit. So this does this kind. Of, yeah, this kind of always made more sense than Blair and Nate. Um, but how did Blair do as a dancer? You mentioned that we didn't see much. We didn't see much. I I, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, this uh, all seems very awkward for me. Yeah, uh, but clearly it's working for Chuck, who is simply mesmer- mesmerized. Like we mentioned, uh, there's there's something happening here between these two, and. Uh, Good thing Bart isn't there still. That would be kind of awkward. Yeah, watching his <laughs> son get fully aroused. <laughs> oh, boy. As you might have guessed, Upper East Siders, Prohibition never stood a chance against Exhibition. It's human nature to be free, and no matter how long you try to be good, you can't keep a bad girl down. Bad, bad glare. Thank you. Uh, Lily, Lily at the gallery. Uh, she She's very confused. She walks in on Rufus uh, sweeping the ceiling, and Rufus goes... Uh, the uh, art pieces project onto the ceiling, and Lily goes, "Ah, still doing anything to get a girl on her back, huh?" And Is that the joke? We of the finally come to the joke of the episode. Woo! <laughs> there it is, Lily. Congratulations. That's the one. <laughs> yes, that was very good. Uh, we couldn't have an episode go by without Lily dropping by to shit on Rufus. Um, I, I think I, I like that. It might not have been the, the best actual joke, but I think just who delivered it because she's such a good uh, oh, yeah. put downer. I think I think she has some of the best joke deliveries in the show. The the delivery was great. The timing was great. Yeah. It obviously was not a pre-planned joke because she couldn't have known that uh, Rufus was going to be sweeping the ceiling yeah. when she walked in. So I think she she really had that ready. And I think with their great chemistry of late too, I really enjoyed that. That she, it wasn't really so much of a put down as much as it was just like a kind of lighthearted joke. Yes. Very good. Yes, because this time it's uh, it's Rufus that's going to be a little snippy to Lily. Ask her asks her what she's doing here. If she broke up with Bart again, uh, and it seems like he may be regretting helping her yeah. and make him jealous. Seems a little butthurt. Yeah. Yeah, he tells her he's not in the mood to play games because he doesn't know what's going on with his wife or his marriage, uh, even though it seems pretty clear to everyone else what is going on with his wife and <laughs> yeah. marriage, but he, he still has not gotten the memo. And he correctly calls her out that she's always popping in, but then just randomly softened. Uh, yeah, she's always popping in and then randomly like, leaving and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it just takes a turn and he softens up and asks her to stay. And I guess she does. Okay, yeah, then. I mean, quickest quickest storyline between <laughs> them so far. I guess like mid mid his speech, she's just like, you know what? I'm sorry. I took the, I'm, I'm taking this all out on you. I actually would really love you to be here right now. So just can you say, I think she's just like, yeah, I get it. No problem. Literally what happened, like, it seems to me like they forgot to do a Rufus Lily plot, remembered last minute, and then just decided to squeeze it all into one scene at the end on like 2x speed. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I, I didn't really, it, I didn't think They're much like, of okay, it. You I, I didn't in, make a joke. 
I think I'm so rude. I'm so, uh, <laughs> so I'm so pro Daddy like, Hump and Lily that I didn't care. Like whatever it takes to get them together. He was like, oh, shit, we forgot Rufus and Lily. All right, let's just do one quick scene, hit all the beats in here. You walk in, you make a joke about Rufus, you get mad at her, you put her down, uh, uh, you guys uh, resolve it. Uh, how do you resolve it? I don't know. Just make a quick shift in the middle of your in the middle of you talking to her, and and, and then we're good. Okay, you guys made up, and now yeah. we can I, I mean, you, but you, you've never had, like, a, you've never been talking in the middle, the middle of your speech, like, you're, you're, something clicks in your head, like, oh, wait, like, you know, I'm taking this too far right now. Let me, let me like, roll it back a little bit. Let me take it no. down a notch. No, you're, you're no. all or nothing. You, <laughs> you go full no. throttle all the time. I am famously always correct. <laughs> well, you can be correct just uh, after you're done being incorrect. Hmm. Okay. Uh, no no good segue for that one. So Dan and Zarina are in bed. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> thank God nothing has burst into flames with all these candles. Uh, Zarina's scared because no one's ever looked at her the way that Dan just did. No, The Pamplonian bullfighters never looked at her that way. Well, this um, this is actually she... runner-up for joke of the day. When she goes... Which one? Uh, with Zarina, she goes... No one's ever looked at me this way. And she's like, in fact, I don't think they ever looked at me at all. <laughs> I think it was more sad. Than <laughs> than I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I always love a good, like, no one looks at me during sex joke. That's one of my favorites. Oh, that's your favorite? I didn't even know that was a genre of joke. Oh, that's a big genre of jokes, your favorite. Yeah. Um, She asks Dan if he's mad, but of course he isn't. And so I guess they don't have sex after all after all yeah, that I, don't, up? I, don't I don't know so. it's kind of unclear i don't think they do they just kind of lay in bed uh half naked or fully naked not sure and just continue making out with each other and i have a, I have a prediction here that I, well i was hoping they, they got to business at some point during this episode and i knew for a fact in my heart of hearts that if they didn't do it this episode it wasn't going to happen in the series wow that's my prediction because i feel like um, there's always like the the main character never gets uh Get, has, has these things come to fruition for him until maybe the last episode but like I think things have just been going too well for this character this early in the series where I think they're going to tease you and tease you and tease you and since it's a teen drama they're never going to do it and then uh, maybe it'll happen last episode but I don't know I don't think they're going to do it so, they're gonna, they're, there's going to be some trouble in Paradise are you, soon so are you are you viewing Dan as the main character um, I think mm, I don't know actually that's a good question I think there's like six main characters. Um, That's true. But I, it's more of an ensemble. I, I, yeah, it's an ensemble. But I feel like since I like Serena the best as like the female lead, he kind of by default is like my male lead, but I don't even like him that much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, but honestly, cute couple though. Yeah, no, yeah, I think so. I, he, he, I sometimes think, I do like him. He's just not my favorite. I think they're very charming together. I know a lot of people don't. Uh, ship Dan and Serena, but I, I, I do like, like I them like together. I like them together more than I like them individually. Okay, that, see, that's good. Yeah. The uh, the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That's right. I think is the way that I, goes. I always yeah. fucked it up, but I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Uh, back to Nate's house. And and lets Nate know that she's headed down to the police station where the lawyers are meeting up with him. But uh, Nate's a little confused. He's like, "What do you mean? We're we're rich. Don't we just pay his bail and then he leaves and everyone learns a lesson and lives happily ever after? Mm-hmm. That's how it always works yeah. for us for us rich white people." But uh. Of course, it is not just Coke that he's in trouble for. He's facing some other charges. Embezzlement and fraud. The classics, the classics. as we call them in the uh, forensic accounting department. Uh, and apparently they've been building their case for a while. So Nate's like, oh shit, what did I do? But uh, I will I will still stand by him because fuck the yeah, captain. A, but, did yeah. he, Nate did what he had Seems to do. Seems like he was a more evil guy than we thought. 
yeah, maybe he'll ruin his company, but think of all the lives that Nate's dad has probably ruined, including his own sons. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I'm fine with this. And here we get, as as Anne walks away and says to Nate, are you coming? Uh, a little montage starts with, that is being uh, shown, and in the background, some 41s with me is playing. And uh, this is just an, one of the great music choices in the history of the show. <laughs> yeah. One of the all-time great music moments. Um, you, don't, you don't see a lot of this you feel kind about... of, uh, like, punk rock, like, pop rock type of, like, closing scenes in you, TV. Yeah, you really don't. I don't know how you feel about Sum 41, but this is one of my favorite songs off one of my favorite albums really? of all time. So I was so happy to see it. I like the hits. Yes, I, don't, I, I don't know their albums very well, but I, I, like, so I like the hits. Would you consider With Me a hit? Did, were you familiar with this song? No, I actually wasn't familiar. I, I, I think I kind of recognized the voice, but I had never heard mm-hmm. the song before. Canadian legend, Sum 41. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, th- this uh, song, of course, is off the 2007 album Underclass Hero, which was kind of Sum 41's answer to Green Day's American Idiot. And um, I gotta say, it is my favorite non-Streetlight Manifesto album of all time. Wow. Yeah, wow. high praise. So, Very high praise. And, and this is one of my favorite songs off of the album. So, I, so it's one of your you favorites of all time, little, yeah. I was a little jazzed up You're to hear hyped. this song. It, 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 it uh, did go very well with the the like the editing montage they had, like the weird the weird uh, 2007 type edits going on in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, while this song's being played, we have uh, Lily and Rufus are laying down in the gallery on a little date. You know, uh, Lily still had been ignoring all of Bart's calls to just uh, be on her back with Rufus. Uh-huh. Uh, we see Jenny knock on the door, and when it opens, you know, we get another little twist here. We we hear her say, "Mom." It's time to come home. And uh, I think it's finally happening. The I guess the other Humphreys are too busy with their Vanderwoods and see even notice that Jenny has gone to I guess not. Yeah, she's very, been very under the radar. <laughs> no one is like, where's episode, Jenny? Yeah. But yeah, she goes all the way to Mom's house and tells her it's time to come home. Uh, didn't see that one coming at first. No. We have uh, Dan and Serena naked in bed, still kissing. Yeah. And honestly, I, I'm getting choked up through all of it. It's just the music playing and... And Jenny being vulnerable, asking her mom to come home. Dan and Serena having having their moment. Lily and Rufus. It was just I was I was being overcome with emotion. Yeah, there's a moment. lot a lot happening at the end of this episode. Um, I was a little confused yes. about why is it time to come home for mom though. I think because um, at this point Jenny has not really known what has been happening, but we see twice in this episode that she is walking in on phone calls and uh, she is fed up with them. You know, obviously arguing about Allison, but also not telling Jenny about it. And I, I think much like Rufus, she hasn't accepted that Allison is out of their lives. And she's right. like, you know, fuck it. Enough of this. If they're not going to tell me about it and they're just going to keep arguing about it and it's going to be a point of contention every single week. And like, like we mentioned, Allison comes up every single yeah. week in the show. Right. And she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to take matters into my own hand um, and I'm just going to show up. And like I said earlier, where Jenny kind of doesn't have anyone to talk to when she has like problems it'd be nice to have kind of like a mother figure yeah, back in definitely. her life so i so think she really wants yeah, that, to come back shitty of her to just, like, i get like kind of separating for a little bit but like to straight up leave your kids behind that's that's not a, that's the, she, your, your kids are still relatively young yeah you know, like, oh yeah allison's fucking shitty yeah. as well she does not escape she does not escape the uh shitty parents but my, uh, my, I, I guess i'm just wondering like why jenny wants her to come home does she want her just like to argue with dad in person like do you think that'll get things <laughs> going sooner or like i think i think she feels this is never going to get settled by just them calling each other and yelling, arguing yeah. everything i think she needs to be back in the picture for them to figure out what's going on and like i said jenny uh jenny just had this like 
traumatic moment with Blair, where Blair dismissed her for good. She had a weird moment with Nate, where he's like kissing her and then trying to give her chocolate. She needs she needs uh, she needs a mom to talk right. To talk and like to where Dan is a little not, bit not older, that, he's kind of come to terms with these things. She's a little bit younger and still needs help with understanding yeah. it all. Not saying that everyone uh, needs a mom in their lives, but Jenny specifically needs her mom Seems like in it. this moment. Yeah. Um, and we haven't even gotten to the uh, to the biggest part of this episode. We uh, cut to Chuck, Chuck and Blair in the limo. They move closer and closer, and mm-hmm. they kiss. Chuck asks, are you sure? Which, very noble Amazing. of him now to start asking. Amazing. Very noble of him to, to just now start asking for <laughs> consent. No yeah, one else gets that privilege. But with Blair, yeah, even just for a kiss, he's going to ask, are you sure? Uh, so I think we're already kind of seeing that Chuck, they're trying to make Chuck uh, not the same person that he was in the pilot. I think they are already trying to shift. They see they have uh, someone that they can make into an actual rootable character. And I think they're from this point, they might try to start making Chuck into more of an anti-hero and less of a villain. Yeah. Because uh, anti-heroes ask for consent and villains do not. That is actually the rule of, the rule role. number three of TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I was impressed. I think I wrote down in my notes. Uh, Chuck has himself an app. Ask for yeah, consent. Yeah, yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you really hate hate to really just praise him so much just for the simple act of asking consent. Right, but he's come so far as a sharp ear design. And I, I'm not going to praise him. I'm just going to say I am surprised that it's happening. And, yeah. Uh, I guess we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Blair nods, leans back in. The chorus kicks in. I want you to know with everything. I won't let the, you know. Great moment. They start. They start going for it. <laughs> it Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. What a moment! It's perfect. Do you the think music they do is it playing. In the car? I, I, we see her strap coming down a little bit. Yeah, and he's I think there's more of a chance that they did it than than Dan, Dan and Serena. Serena. Yeah. I think it is more implied that Chuck and Blair did it than Dan and Serena. Yeah, but like I said, Blair it's got perfect. Chuck. Music's playing. Yeah, yeah, she did. It's hot. It's a little unexpected. You said that they were flagging stuff up, but I don't think anyone's really expecting the moment to like happen when it does, when it, they just start going for it in the limo. Uh, it's one of the best endings to a Gossip Girl episode. I think best one we've had so far, although I love the Blair and Serena scene at the end of episode three, but this one's right up there with it. It's big. Because that was huge. like a, a, a one, uh, it's like a two character thing. That was like a, an A plot kind of finishing off on a high note, but this is like four plots coming together at once. Mm-hmm. All in being scored way. to with yeah. me by some 41 did you like my rendition of it when i started singing it i think it was better i mentioned that i was in acapella back in college like jenny is oh really well interesting yeah we never did this song but <laughs> yeah you were good it was very good that's our episode and like you said it's a big episode so we're already running a little long here so let's try to zoom through these uh these segments yes. but uh i have my user review of the week and okay. uh let's hear it like I said, you might have something in common with, with this guy. Okay. Um, this is a very long one. I said we're going to keep things short, and already I'm taking that back, because this is a long review, but it it does start going places as as we okay. as we move on, so so just hold tight. Here we go. It is, it's uh, 9 out of 10, titled, Heavy on the Melodrama, But It Really Rings True. Serena and Dan finally come clean about being crazy about each other. Despite that, they come from opposite worlds. Dan is planning to consummate their romance and give his virginity to Serena. The plans are halted when Vanessa walks in on a makeout session unannounced to try to hang out with Dan. Vanessa suggests candles as a way of impressing Serena in his quest to make love to her. Chuck is considering investing in a strip club to impress his father. Jenny discovers some interesting information about her parents, but he's really just going over beat by beat what this episode was at (laughs) first. 
<laughs> Blair manages to coerce Jenny into telling her a secret about Nate. The secret is that Jenny kissed Nate by accident at the mess ball, and he thought after he thought she was Serena. Blair takes it personally and decides to disown her. Blair spills the beans to Nate, and things get really awkward at the Archibald and Waldorf dinner party because of it, leading to a breakup between the two. Meanwhile, Nate figures out his father is doing drugs. Here we go. Now we get okay, some of his uh, opinions. Normally, I dislike too much melodrama. This show is a rarity for me. It manages to engross me with... That's because of the really strong writing. I've heard the show gets worse as it goes along from a couple of friends. I really hope that isn't the case. I'm addicted to the show! I'm watching it until <laughs> the end, no matter what! This episode delivers plenty of memorable things. I still think Nate is a bit too vanilla, but he is starting to warm up to me a bit. His situation with his father was rather powerful, and I empathize with Nate. I'm not sure if I'll ever be Team Nate, but I may end up liking him after all. Chuck legitimately cracked me up. He can be so devious! I even felt a bit of sympathy for him. It made me realize the parents are more immature than the kids. Last but not least, uh, my favorite, Dan and Serena. I'm oh way too into them as a couple. Everything they do is gold to me. I'm so biased. There was a couple, there, there was a lot of realism between them. The pressure to lose virginity is all too common in life. I really felt for Dan in that situation. You get scared and want to slow things down, but then you realize you're in too deep. Serena was a complete sweetheart about the situation, and I couldn't stop smiling with what she did at the end. The way Serena tells Dan about how nobody has ever looked at her, that made me melt. In parentheses, I'm a guy, but I'm a romantic. I can't help it. Close parentheses. <laughs> as much as I love Penn Badgley, I'm envious because he gets Blake's kisses, and those kisses look incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets Blake's kisses. <laughs> how old is this guy? Rufus and, yeah. Lily, take a, <laughs> Rufus and Lily take a back seat here. But I'm digging their storyline. We even get a big hint with Chuck and Blair. I rather liked it. Vanessa doesn't have much to do but be a pain. <laughs> I rather liked it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Vanessa doesn't have much to do but be a pain. Uh, it started off a bit slowly, but really picks up steam quickly. I'm really interested to see what happens going forward. I checked the show out for Blake Lively. Now I'm hooked! There are a lot of possibilities going forward, and I'm really intrigued. My only complaint was a lack of development for Nessa. 9.3 out of 10. Good score. Good score. Jeez, that, that was a mouthful. Uh, he's envious of Dan because he gets Blake's, he gets kisses. Blake's kisses. And those kisses look incredible. <laughs> I think I'm picturing just like a 55 year old man <laughs> who's watching the show for Blake Lively. Uh, next week, name of the episode 17 Candles. Any predictions? Uh, I guess it's somebody's birthday. Um, Who, I think whose birthday is it? Because we're going to find out in a second. I think I remember seeing like the HBO Max like still, mm -hmm. and it looks like Blair. Good prediction. The uh, little preview for the episode says, Blair puts on a happy face for her 17th birthday party. Yeah. I also want to shout out to the HBO stills for this episode. It, I think like it was um, a shot of Chuck. And like I think that just mm -hmm. kind of goes to show like, who is, I mean, kind of segueing into MVPs and LVPs. Chuck being my, my MVP of the week. Like, they kind of like, foretold the story there. Like, who's going to really have themselves an True. episode? It was it was a big episode for Chuck. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think is going to happen at Blair's 17th birthday party? Um, well, there's more fire, for sure, because there's more candles. So maybe uh, someone goes on fire. God, I hope not. We've too much fire in too many episodes. Much, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're going to make it if there's going to be this much fire. Um, all right, let's get into the episode grade. You went first last week. I'll go first this week. Uh, let's it. not bury the lead. This is the episode. Like I said, when I first started watching, got so many tweets and texts telling me, wait till you get to episode seven. And you know what? Did not disappoint. And in fact, it lived up to the hype. 
And it still yeah. lives up to the hype on the rewatch. I wanted to be a little edgy and look for a reason to, you know, give this episode even an A minus. But You're I can't. So edgy. It's too good. We have a lot of twists and turns, and we have three great storylines. Uh, this is an A. It's an A. It's an A episode. The glaring shock of it is of all is iconic. Uh, the ending comes out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere, but like I, I didn't expect it the first time. Uh, you know, Nate, Nate gets his dad sent to jail, clears his name, which must have felt good for him, and it's pretty satisfying for us as the viewers. Um, and then the Serena Dan storyline, actually probably the weakest, because there's not a ton going yeah. on there, and it's a little meh. And now I seem like a huge hypocrite, because I complain every week uh, when Serena and Dan have problems, and now they don't have problems. No, I, I think that's valid, though. It's, it's a little slower than the rest of the episode, Right, yeah. Though. It's fine. It's fine. It's definitely not yeah. enough for me to, to consider, to not consider this episode perfect still. So, uh, you know, no Serena Blair drama. Uh, Rufus and Lily takes up hardly any time at all. Uh, it looks like the Nate-Blair relationship may finally be over, and it looks like we may finally meet Allison next week. You know, all these things converging. Uh, and then, of course, the ending montage with some 41 in the background. It's just it's just so mm. great. Like I said, one of the best endings of any of the episodes of the show. So, uh, so yeah, great ep. Grep. Yes. Uh, well, so I have a four-word review for this episode. Okay. I rather liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think all well, you, you said it all pretty much. Uh, and I said at the beginning of this episode too, that when we finished the episode, Nicole was like, this is the best one by far. Like, why do you have to stop watching? Uh, so yeah, I think that, you know, and I agree with her. I mean, if, if this episode isn't an A, then I don't know what is of Gossip Girl. Like, there we this, go. this, this kind of seemed like the ceiling for the show. Like this is like, as good of an episode as it can get, but there's a lot of plots. And with a lot of plots in an episode, there is a lot of room for, for, uh, you know, for a lack of quality. And pretty much all of the plot lines soared, and they ended in a a perfect way. And even the one that was a little bit, um, maybe like B plus, ended fine. And I think the way it all kind of tangled together and left us on a good cliffhanger was um, maybe a perfect episode of a teen drama. So are we saying it? Best episode so far. Best episode so far. The hype is right. Oh yeah. Hey. All right. So let's get into MVPs. You already revealed yours, but you can get into you can get into that uh, after I do mine. Um, and you know, I'm at this moment, at this hour. You know, you make a really good ch- case for Chuck, and I'm still not sure uh, because you know I-, I tend to go towards Blair. But much like Dan, I have it in my head that I want my first time to be special for for my first time giving Blair an MVP. Uh, so I don't know if I should do it now or save it for something better. Like, I, I could I could give it to Nate, who fights back against his parents and is pretty honest with Blair about his feelings towards her. And also, mm-hmm. also he, uh, he does try to buy Jenny's silence with chocolate and also gets punched in the face. So maybe maybe yeah. not Nate. You could make a case for LVP for Nate. Yeah, true, true. He's a lot of ups and downs for Nate this episode. Uh, I could give it to Chuck, because like, like you mentioned, uh, he succeeds in his business endeavors and also hooks up with Blair. So pretty good week for him. Uh, but he also does ruin Barton Lily's relationship potentially, but, but also who cares about that? So, uh, I, I understand, yeah. I understand the chuck, but, uh, Blair, uh, finally realizes that this relationship with Nate is going nowhere and gets out of it. Uh, she tells Nate to go be with his family. She puts on a great show for everyone at the burlesque club and she hooks up with Chuck, which, um, not who I would choose to hook up with out of all the men in this cast, but... Uh, still, you know, good for her. She, you know, she's getting over Nate. She needs a, she needs a very quick rebound and she, and she does get it. So honestly, uh, even though it seems like Chuck's resume is more impressive in this episode, I still want to give to Blair because I have not given her an MVP point and it's hurt me to not do so. And so I'm ready to give her first MVP. I'm going to do it. Congrats to Blair. You've got my MVP. Wow. I think this feels like when Leo DiCaprio's first Oscar was for The Revenant. <laughs> See, this is what I didn't want to have happened for her first play, for her first MVP. That's exactly what I was trying to avoid. 
<laughs> I mean, her episode was fine. I feel like it, I feel like she maybe it was her best episode so far. Exactly. Um, but I, I feel like other people had better ones. Um, it, it did end on a high note. I mean, she's free. She's single. And she has. You know, she seems to be like maybe she's. I think this might be the like start of her uh, upward trajectory. So maybe that that's a good a good reason to give her one. And when you know when it comes down to it. I've already given Chuck an MVP. I don't want to give him another one, really. Not yet, anyway. You've already given him two MVPs, and it looks like you're giving him a third. I, I think, know. I think we found your favorite character, and it's somehow... <laughs> I think so. I think so. Chuck, but you can expand on that. Like, people uncle of podcasting loves Chuck. Chuck is obviously the worst character in the show, and yet uh, three out of the seven episodes you have now given him as MVP. So ex- expand on that. <laughs> well, okay. So, honestly, if, if Nate... Me, not me. If, if Dan does lose his virginity in this episode, I think he easily gets the MVP in my eyes. Um, but since he does not seal the deal and kind of pansies out, I think I gotta go with Chuck only because the high highs of his episode are so much, so much higher than anyone else's. Like, Dan kind of, like, coasts along in, like, the upper mid-range of, of success in this episode where Chuck does have a, a part where he does get too drunk and sad, but comes back... Like with a vengeance and sells the deal to his dad, then hooks up with Blair. I mean, like that that end to an episode is really really as high very as you hum- get, so, hum- especially also from Chuck's humble beginnings of being the rapist. Like going from rapist to like a like a what I'm character is, is like a pretty big. You jump. love Chuck. He's so, the I mean, moral center of the show, and uh, that that Chuck should be Chuck should be forgiven. You're saying you're saying when are we gonna forgive <laughs> these right. people yep. who have been canceled? Correct. It's time to forget about Chuck's past trip. Past transgressions and 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 let him let him back into our lives. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, I, I think and yeah, nobody knows me better All than right. you. All right, well, let's do the LVP. The the um, <laughs> you, you see, you, you have right no idea me. how badly I would like to give Vanessa the LVP, but uh, you've no, literally. But anytime Nate's horrific parents in an episode, <laughs> I have to. Not advantage. enough screen time though. Uh, Howie literally punched his son in the face, but I kind of want to spread the wealth here, so I gave yeah. Howie. Uh, the LVP last week, I believe. So I will give it to Anne today. Uh, she continues to blame Nate for the drugs, even when she knows they aren't his, even though okay. everyone knows they aren't his. Uh, she pretty much blames him for his father using the drugs. Yeah, she also she's tries sick. to force him into a relationship with Blair, much yeah. like everyone else is. And she seems pretty mad at him for how he going to jail as well. So I also haven't seen any evidence yet that she even likes her son. So fuck her. Right. I, I, th- I think you said it right. I mean, uh, Nate's dad, you kind of already know, is this shitty. And then it's almost surprising to know like how deep uh, Nate's mom is into this whole ruse that they're pulling over him, and she's just like has been pretending that <laughs> she didn't know yeah. about yeah, the drugs poor, and all that. Me. And like, wow, you're way worse than I thought you were. You're supposed to be like, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think, like you said, to spread the wealth, I'll do this since you did the mom. I'll do the dad. So they both uh, take the L. For all this right, week. there we go. One one apiece. That's we'll good. Good stuff. Good teamwork. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, let's do some Lonely Boys Theater. And I think we agreed to do Let's get that, to the theater, uh, baby. that very emotional scene, the breakup scene between Blair and Nate. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, an, an important scene in the show because they've been together since the show started. So this is like the end of an era. Yes, and we will be doing the the actual uh, dialogue and not the uh, French to not English French. translation. Yeah, Which I'm, well, I'm, we'll get back to the French at some point, I'm sure. Oh, of course. Um, all right, so I'm guessing we'll keep with my tradition of I will be Blair and uh, of course, you will you're be Blair. You will be Nate. All right, here we Thanks go. Sorry, 
Yeah, do you have it pulled up? I'm ready. All right. And action. What are you doing? Going to Victrola. I promised Chuck it's important to him. I saw your father get arrested. Why didn't you come to me? I would have listened. I've tried, Blair. But every time I try something's got your attention. A dinner party. You know, a mass ball. I, I fucked up yeah. that whole line. Yeah, 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 Nate, you did fuck up. Let's talk about that mass <laughs> oh, ball. Boy. Let's talk about how, while I was waiting for you to find, so that we could finally be together, you were confessing your feelings and kissing Serena. I, I thought I was doing everything right. It's not your fault. <sighs> Do you love me? Uh. <laughs> you should deal with your father. He needs you. You know what? I don't. <laughs> yeah, not not our best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you 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 really set you really I, set I, the tone. I, said the, I was gonna say I set the tone. I'll blame you for that one. Uh, still good. I think everyone's kind of giving us a standing ovation right now. I think so. Well, I I put it in post anyway. Great. All right. Let's 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 do some plugs. What do you have to plug? As we are nearing the two hour mark. Oh boy. Um I uh, just got to plug the Hobby Boys. Um apparently we're going to have some sort of special episode with Matt Gagan in the near future. We'll talk about that <laughs> off mic. Um and listen Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, I did so we'll, we'll I did listen to the Hobby forget. Boys. Uh, follow us on the social media at the Hobby Boys Pod. Send us an email um uh at the Hobby Boys Pod at gmail.com. Also last last week we talked about uh Red's Apple Ale with a good friend of ours TJ who was probably there that night at the um, high school musical screening we had and um i gave out my phone number so listen Ooh. to that and uh <laughs> call me <laughs> leave a message if you want to text me big news yankees are currently trailing the race 3-1 ah fuck yeah big game big game it today. is a big game to 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 date this podcast damn it. um all right i will plug um well um a a since also I mentioned since the last time we recorded, three episodes of this very podcast have dropped, but also the new season of Survivor has started. And, um, you know, by the time this episode of our podcast drops, uh, we'll be like halfway through the season. But with the new season of Survivor starting, of course, the iconic Bitter Jurors has started another season of their podcast recapping every um, episode of Survivor after it airs. Um, I, I have plugged this podcast before when they were covering Legend of Korra. I've been on in that capacity, uh, Brendan has been on with me to cover the Avatar, but now they're back to their bread and butter and covering Survivor. Uh, they are a queer superfan podcast, so if you love Survivor, which, I mean, who doesn't love Survivor, and you are not already subscribed to The Bitter Jurors, please subscribe to them now. They are doing incredible work. Probably the best work out of any Survivor coverage wow. that I have listened to. Wow, high praise. And I don't say that There's a lot of yeah. Survivor coverage out there. Yes, and speaking of Survivor coverage... Uh, to cross continents a little, Australian Survivor uh, wrapped up their season a little while ago, and I have not recorded this yet, but obviously by the time this does come out, unless something has gone horribly wrong, uh, <laughs> this podcast will have dropped weeks ago. So I am going to record a podcast with, uh, hopefully, future friend of the pod, Dom Harvey of the Dom and Colin Network, where uh, we are going to talk about this most recent season of Australian Survivor and uh, discuss the queen, Haley Leak. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, and if you're hearing this, maybe you've already listened to it and can confirm that it was in fact a lot of fun. So be on the lookout for those. Of course, uh, never have I ever season two is on Netflix along with season one. And if you haven't watched that, you're missing out. You're you missing gotta watch out. That. Come on. And, uh, that's all I got. All right. That's all I got too. Like it's good plugs. I think we can wrap this bitch up. All right. Let's, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, 
Next week, we are going to be covering Season 1, Episode 8, 17 Candles. But until then, XOXO. Lonely you boys. know you love us. Lonely boys. Wait, did I mess up the order of that? You know you love us. X- yeah, I did mess up uh, the order of that. All right, let's take it back. back you can edit this in post. Next week, we'll be covering uh, Season 1, Episode 8, 17 <laughs> Candles. But until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Lonely, Lonely boys. boys. Nice. <sighs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>